Welcome to this episode of Dad Bod History, where the drinks are cold and the movies are gold. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yes. We are doing the first round of our Movie Hot. Wars tournament. A new bracket, folks. I'm Jake. We got Eric. We got Jeff. And back after a long sabbatical, Cameron's in the house. How you doing, man? Excited to be here, guys. Love it. Awesome, man. We're excited to have you. I'm excited for this tournament. And uh, I've been so keyed up for this all day. I was I was like a kid waiting for summer break. I was watching the bell while I was doing my work and and um, getting way too distracted in, in anticipation for this episode. So I, I got a question for each of you. I, I know how Eric prepped, but I felt like I didn't know how to prep for this episode. I mean, you, you can't possibly watch every single movie. So I found found myself just listening to old podcasts just to kind of hype myself up. I felt like I was listening to mm-hmm. to music all all day, getting ready for the big game. like our podcast. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. He's wearing a hoodie. He's running up and down camel. <laughs> exactly. I was doing some push ups. I ate, I ate a few raw eggs. So I mean that's that's the best way. With I the do shell. With the shell. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how to re- respond to that. Eric. Well, I, I, I mean, I want to make sure that I watch all the movies. So I still have a few left. Like I said, um, I have to watch, I'm in the middle of finishing Scarface right now. I have to watch, watch in Bruges. I've got to watch um, Rain Man and I've got to watch Pulp Fiction. Cause those are movies I know I have not seen all the way through. So, so I, there's a couple movies I didn't watch, you know, before we did this as well. Uh, a couple of them were one was the prestige uh the christopher nolan film about the magicians and then another one was inside out and so i watched those back to back and after watching the prestige i'm like well if you guys had just watched inside out and you've been able to deal with your emotions it wouldn't have had this tragic end in the prestige like it was kind of a weird trip for me to go from one movie to another because inside out taught me to deal with my sadness and disappointment and the prestige clearly that is the problem that the great Danton had is that he couldn't accept his disappointment. Everything had to be happy and everything had to be perfect. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's going to be a way, lot but. of interesting matchups tonight and the juxtaposition between all oh, the emotions of this movie and the emotions of that movie. You've got the, the number one seeds versus the also brands, but like we learned in Ides of March Madness, literally anything can happen tonight. Yeah. Anything. And it's yeah. all about with, the a, with a curveball. Yep. It's so all about the questions. I, I watched warrior the other night. I also watched American sniper. Uh, those are the two I needed to watch, but I watched warrior. You know, it's about one of the guys is a, is a teacher. He teaches physics in high school, uh, but he fights. And uh, I teach with somebody who is a former MMA fighter and he was a physics teacher at one point. Mm-hmm. So his name is also Mr. C not Conlon, but Cobb. So I had to text him right away and said, thought of you, I can be your, uh, your Reardon to your Mr. C. And we know that's not true, but um, yeah, I, that was a good movie too. 
Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's just, a great movie. It's a great family drama that just happens to have MMA in it. So many people discount yeah. it because it's MMA, but it's really a fantastic I know movie. I did. I didn't see a lot of interest in it when I first saw it. I'm like, eh, I'm not, not too big into fighting. So maybe that doesn't interest me. But exactly. That, but Nick uh, Nolte and Tom Hardy oh, just killed well, it in that movie. And, and with the great movies, and, and I don't know if this is, a, I don't know if the Warriors, if Warriors is a great movie, but it's a very good movie. But with any good movie, the movie isn't about the movie like it's not about the thing you think it's about it's not about fighting that's yeah. just the vehicle to tell this story about family right like a lot of good movies the they're not about the blatant it's like object. having a fight with your wife you're not really fighting about the butter it's something it's else. never about the butter we both yeah. know what it's about but we're gonna proxy the butter in here and just go with yeah. it and then that's why your kids are like, why did dad lose his mind over the butter? Yeah. It's not, not about, about the, the butter, butter, kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about the butter. <laughs> so anyway, I totally agree, Eric. It was a good movie. And and part of this, this bracket is there's movies that I haven't seen. And this is forcing me to watch these movies that I just normally wouldn't watch. And I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of it, which is is awesome in its own right. So how are we doing this, um, Eric or Jeff? Do you want to take over, Eric? Why don't you uh, Why don't you explain it since you basically just explained it to us? Yeah, so we've got our forty eight movies uh, bracketed into um, regions of six, and those regions are named for directors. What we're going to do is we're going to get each of those regions down to their final two before we move on to the final uh, setup. So the final bracket will be our remaining 16 teams. That'll be our sweet 16 candles group. Uh, that'll play into the end game eight and the Pulp Fiction four. Um, but we have these eight regions and we're gonna look at four of those regions tonight, the Steven Spielberg region, the Martin Scorsese region, the Quentin Tarantino region and the James Cameron region. We're gonna go through the first round first of each of those regions and then we'll come back and do the second round where our top seeded teams have gotten their or top seeded movies have gotten their buy uh, into that. So that's our plan. And as far as the point system goes, Jeff's going to ask a question between the two movies of that, whatever particular matchup it is. We all have an opportunity to basically give our say or vote on how we would decide the best answer to that question. So if Jeff asks one question, there's a potential for three points in that question. If he asks a second question, that's another three points. If there's a tie at the end of two questions, then he would ask a third tiebreaker question, correct? That's that's the way oh, I understand there, it. There's a total of nine points. So the first movie to five, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That works. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. All right. So um, um, if we're going to get started here, uh, we're going to start in our Steven Spielberg region. And our first matchup is the four seed Forrest Gump versus the five seed Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Right, possibly, so, uh, possibly Forrest Gump is a little underrated here. It might be, you know, some might think it deserves a higher seed, but that our high mean, seeds are pretty good movies. I, no, I agree. We've got some bangers. All right. Let's All do right, this. So, so, so I'm the moderator here. Um, I do not get a vote. I may have something to say from time to time, but um, I'm in charge of the questions. So we'll get right to it. First matchup is Forrest Gump, a number four seed against uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, a five seed. 
Uh, fun fact, Scott Pilgrim versus the world is Jack Peterson's favorite movie. Um, right out of the gate, gentlemen, which of these movies is the best movie for a first date? Let's uh, let's start with Eric on this one. Eric, what do you got? First date. Well, I'll be honest. When I saw Forrest Gump with uh, all of its uh, nudity and, and drug use, it was with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> There's nudity so, in Forrest Gump? Oh, yeah. Jenny. I yeah. forgot that. And I know this because, well, because I watched the movie, but also because um, when we That's do. That's what we do, call a core memory. <laughs> <laughs> we do a basketball tournament every year where we go up to uh, redwood city which is near san francisco and we'll take a night we'll take the basketball team to uh bubba gum shrimp company and you if you've ever been there they play the movie on the on the tv screens but i don't think they edit it much and every once in a while you see all the boys go <laughs> <laughs> uh, they all go to the bathroom immediately <laughs> so anyways maybe excuse mr hoffman <laughs> I mean, their parents are there too, so I'm not taking a whole lot of responsibility from it. I would say, just knowing that I did see Scott Pilgrim versus the world on a date, so I would probably say Scott Pilgrim versus the world. All right, Jake, what do you got? So this is an interesting question because I think it depends on when you're going on this date. If it's as a teenager or a young 20-something, I think Scott Pilgrim versus the world, absolutely. Um, but if you were in your, you know, thirties or forties and you're getting back out there in the game, you might, you might be saying, well, let's go see Forrest Gump. It's a little slower pace, but it's got a great cast. Uh, it's got Tom Hanks in it. So it, I think it depends on the time that you, the age you are, when you go to see this movie, that depends on if it's a better first date movie, because as a 40 year old, I don't know if I'm going on a first date to see Scott Pilgrim versus the world. But as a 20-something or in my teens, absolutely, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And when I heard the question, that's how I thought of the answer was, well, if I was young, I would go see Scott Pilgrim. So that's my pick. Got it. Two for Scotty P. What do you got, Cameron? So when I sit down and I watch a movie, especially on a date, I want to be taken on an emotional ride. You know, and especially you don't know where this first date's going to go. I, I don't know if I'm going to end up marrying this woman. I don't know if it's going to be the first and only date, but you know, the ups and downs of Forrest Gump's relationship with Jenny is just, I mean, it's perfect for a first date. What are we going to be? Are we going to end up together right off into the sunset? Or is this going to be the last time we see each other? And it could go either way. And your, your heart is just stomped on about three times in that movie. And the fact that you're, on edge the whole time, I think I got to choose Forrest Gump. Can I just say, and I'm not going to argue with your choice, you had a lot more foresight on your first dates than I did. <laughs> like, oh, my was, mind was, my mind was other places. Yeah, I was, I was just happy that a girl was talking to me. I was not worried well, about anything well, after I that. I really should have taken a shower. Yeah. <laughs> Truth be told. I don't know anything about Scott Pilgrim versus world. So I had to, I had to really play up Forrest Gump there. No, it's, I, Forrest Gump's a great movie. And I, I think I'm not arguing with your selection. I'm just shocked at your planning and foresight. And it's a lot goes on in the first date. It's a big no, deal. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Um, on to our next question. 
a uh, little bit of a what's the score right now going into the second it's, it's half. two to one scott pilgrim two forrest gump scott Uh-oh. one uh bringing this into our next question uh we're gonna start with jake which movie name is the better name for a gay bar oh my oh 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 now if you want i just came up with this you can and be careful you can alter the name ever so slightly it's still recognizable, but you can have a double entendre. You don't even have to say it here. Go. Okay. Well, that, that changes things a bit because initially I'm like, well, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, but Forrest Gump. Hmm. It just sounds dirty in some yeah. way. And like I don't what, know what gay bar. I'm not saying gay bars are dirty. Of course not. Of course not. I mean, what if it's Forrest and Gimp? Okay, you know. <laughs> oh, there we go. How would I? I I think Forrest Gump's got some legs. I'm gonna. I don't know what a Gump is, right? Like, but yeah, I'm gonna go Forrest Gump. I, I think, don't give Eric too much editing, but for some Gump. Ooh. Okay, everybody, pause. So Eric, Eric is dump button. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I said it. Forrest Gump. I'm I'm going Forrest Gump on this one. Forrest Gump. All right, Mr. Cameron Lehman. I really Better like name for a gay bar. I really like what Jeff said there. You know, it just sounds dirty. You can go a lot of different directions with it, with not a lot of uh, imagination. Forrest Gump. It is. Forrest Gump's making a comeback right now. Yeah, I know. Powering through this, Eric. What do you think? Sorry. Eric might have abstained from voting on this question. Just no, I uh, I feel like uh, what you're saying about Forrest Gump is probably correct in terms of the name, but but there is something about the adversarialness of Scott Pilgrim versus the world that I think might be fitting. And also, I want to go to overtime. So, Scott so that's versus just, the world. You know, well, I well, like that adversarial. Can, can you expound on that a little bit? I don't know. I mean, if you're being countercultural to begin with, it just seems that that would be there'd be something to that. But the word versus implies competition and conflict. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, so we're we're all tied up. Just for the record, had you gone Forrest Gump through, which you did not, it still would have been four to two. We still would have had to have another question. But anyhow, oh, um, you're right. Okay, going into yeah. the uh, third and final question, well, tied up. up, tied up three to three. Um, which of these movies, Cameron, would have been a better vehicle for an old and fat Elvis? Ooh. Excellent question. Circa 1970 Elvis. He's yeah. rocking the onesies, the leather onesies, loaded with rhinestones. <clears throat> he's way out of shape. He's still trying to pull some karate moves. He's got one last shot at Hollywood. And uh, you're the producer. You're producing both of these movies. And you're going to put old Elvis in one. Which one is it? Into one is what? Just any character? No, the lead. Oh. Elvis <laughs> doesn't do the third billing. That's the king, baby. Yeah. Eric, please. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to cast an old, broken-down Elvis, I don't think that he can play the role of Forrest Gump. I don't think that he can be that 
Well, no, 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 let's remember, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Extensive use of early CGI in Forrest Gump. Just, just, just a thought. That's mm. all. Okay. All right. I, I, I like where you're going with that, but he's, he's got to play his position at that, at that point in his life, you know, he's lost a step, lost a step and a half. And, you know, he's going to carry that movie and shoot, it might do better at the box office with Elvis in there. I think you slide him into Scott Pilgrim versus the world. You realize we're bringing on extensive rewrites, but yeah, it's going to change that story dramatically, but yeah, Scott, Scott Pilgrim dates high school girls. This is really getting away from you, but I like where your head's at. Well thought out. Um, Scott Pilgrim, Eric Hoffman. What do you think? Which, which of these movies is a better vehicle for old Elvis? I, I think he would have to, he'd go for the Forrest Gump role. I don't think he'd take on kind of a smaller, a smaller type film. He would go for the blockbuster. You're not going to get it signed, get him signed on to Scott Pilgrim versus the world. He'll sign on to Forrest Gump. But his ego is so big. He's going to take a, a, a lower box office and, and try to make it the best movie of all time. I mean, that's why he's Elvis. He is the king. All right, um, Jake, this thing is nutted up four to four. And you have the uh, you have the final vote. Which, so uh, I, which, which movie is a better vehicle for old Elvis, Jake? So I had my answer the second you asked the question, but I wanted to see how Eric and Cameron went about their logic. And it makes sense. Both sides are making good points here. However, after watching both those movies, it, first of all, it's interesting because in Forrest Gump, in the beginning of Forrest Gump, when he's still a kid, he sees a young Elvis dancing. Hmm. That's a big part of his development in that movie is when he sees a young Elvis dancing and his mom covers his eyes. Oh, so it'd be, if you have an old, Elvis, meta. you'd have an old Elvis watching a young Elvis dancing. That's very interesting. But um, uh, I'm going to go Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And I think watching the movie Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. Obviously you got to do some rewrites because the age appropriateness of the movie, but um this idea of an old washed up Elvis getting in all these weird hallucinogenic out of this world music contests, I think is, would be wildly entertaining. Seeing old Elvis in a young startup band at the battle of the bands. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And when he's going to, what is it? Brandon Routh, who's one of the vegans and like, it's just, it would be awesome to watch that movie. Um, so I, I got to give it, I got to give it to Scott Pilgrim. I think that'd be an incredible movie to see. All right. Um, Cameron, just a note. Uh, it's really good. You would enjoy that movie. Um, I don't know if you can or can't watch it with your kids. Probably not. They wouldn't enjoy it anyhow, but it's a good movie. It's, it's very different in a world of a lot of the sameness. So, um, hmm. and having said that we have our first upset, it's not a huge upset, but we got, we got a five taken out of four Forrest Gump. That's uh, yeah, yeah. I think anybody would. That's a pretty substantial upset. I mean, I, I feel like we've got a lot of great movies to come, but a four seed for Forrest Gump feels a little bit low to me. I mean, they're like a, they're like a Kentucky of movies in my yeah. mind. So this is this is a pretty big upset, I'd say, despite what the numbers say. Yeah, I mean, I think no matter what the numbers say, everybody expects Forrest Gump to go pretty deep into a into a tournament like this. Hey. That's why we play the games, John. That is I'm guessing, why we play the games. Guessing the reason Forrest Gump wasn't as high as we'd expect is because someone, you know, selected 300 first. Yeah, who could that be? 
You know, <laughs> I stand by that decision. You guys think I'm crazy. And, you know, maybe if I had it back, I would have gone with Gladiator. But that that is a fantastic, memorable movie. I like it. I, I enjoy that movie a lot, but I don't, it just wasn't a one seed. Um, All right. But, Moving on. So. All right, boss. All right. Uh, we got our uh, Steven Spielberg region. We get our next matchup of three versus six. At number three, we have the coming of age classic American Pie up against a movie that could not be more different in The Passion of the Christ. We're, we're, we're really going to do this. This is about to happen. Uh, Jake, we're going to start with you. Yeah, no, that's fine. Let's um, do this. Jake, Ryan, drink. How did Schindler's move- List not make this list? Which movie did Bill Clinton like better? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I need to explain why, but American Pie. <laughs> do we do we need do we need to go farther? I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's reasons he might have, you know, Passion of the Christ might have pulled better. I mean, the Clinton that we saw in public and the Clinton that we learned about in private. I, I don't know. Just saying. But OK, so we're, we're going. Wait, 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 there's OK, there's one reason. And for the life of me. I cannot think of her name right now. She played Nadia. Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth. That's the one reason Bill Clinton would like that movie better than Passion of the Christ. Yeah. So enough. Okay. Uh, American Pie it is. Cameron, what do you think? I, I see Bill Clinton being more of like a Stifler's mom type guy. Um, as opposed to Shannon Elizabeth and absolutely. So yeah, I mean, first thing that popped in my head is he's he's definitely going to go for American Pie, hands down. All right, yeah, this we're running through this one quick. Quick, uh, Eric, what do you got? Yeah, they, I the, there's no detail needed. It's American Pie. Yeah, I, I don't need to list actresses or actors. Uh, right, great, okay, for him to enjoy. American Pie sweeps the first one. Um, Lead us into our next Everyone loves an underdog story, though. So here we come. (laughs) Okay, so next question. Uh, Let's start with with Cameron. Cameron, American Pie, Passion of the Christ. Which is the best movie for life advice? (laughs) Which, Um. Which movie... You look at his face. You know what he wants to say. Oh, the, the struggle is. But you also know what he thinks is actually the bright answer. Yeah. You know, his heart and his head are. We can't let Jesus lose this. So we're going. <laughs> we're going. Passion of the Christ, man. This is. We we can't let American Pie win this. Well, I don't know if we're rooting for movies, but okay. But you're you're clearly taking Passion of the Christ for uh, best movie for life advice, Eric. What do you think? American Pie has a lot of good, not good, has a lot of advice for <laughs> teenagers and how to make their decisions. Jim's dad, um, yeah, very sage advice. But and there's good advice in there too. Don't just do, just don't dwell on the the pie. There's other stuff. But the Passion of the Christ has advice that you might call eternal in nature. You know, life ah. and beyond. So. <laughs> I'm going to have to lean into the passion of the Christ there. All right. Passion of the Christ making a comeback. Jacob, what do you think? 
you guys are making me the bad guy in this one. And that's fine. <laughs> I'll lean into that. I didn't watch. We all have a cross to bear, Jake. <laughs> I watched Passion of the Christ. Great movie. Really enjoyed it. It deepened my faith. It was an awesome movie. But I didn't watch that movie and go, huh, there's a lot of good advice in there. It was not like, I didn't, I didn't watch that movie and go, there's a lot of good tricks I can use in my life now. American Pie, on the other hand, I learned a lot. And I learned a lot through Jason Biggs' errors. So I'm going American Pie. All right. I agree. We oh. learn more from our mistakes, don't we? Yep. All right. Um, after two questions, American Pie has four. Passion of the Christ has two. Um, all right. Which of these movies, if shown at just the right moment, would best agitate a peaceful protest. So you've got a nice peaceful protest, Eric, and you're starting on this. There's a nice drum circle. It's Are you really talking chill. a specific point in the film? No, a specific Just, point in the protest. Okay. All you hippies are going to watch this movie right now, and nobody can say no. And which of these movies is going to send them into more of a frenzy which well, one is going to be it doesn't have to be a bunch of hippies could be any protest right this could be like moms for the you know getting rid of violence in video games protests sure. or some peaceful protest i saw hippies you're right it could be anything it could be the million mom march it could be gosh the seattle seven i don't know but um wh wh which movie is going to agitate that once peaceful protest eric Things were going so well, and then these dad bod guys came by with a movie screen, and they played blank. I mean, it really depends on what the protest is and who who makes up the protest. Agree, Be because you put on American Pie and get a bunch of moms against pornography upset. If you had. Uh, Uh, if you had a whole other group, Passion of the Christ might really irritate them. This is a I, tough I, question. I think I would have to go with the Passion of the Christ simply because it it it's going to speak some absolutes, and uh, that's where most protesters are not happy. Protest. Uh, so your your vision of this protest, it's de dealing in the gray areas. This is going to put some certainty into the whole thing, and that's going to just send it yeah, off. They're off not the going to like it. <clears throat> All right. Passion of the Christ. Jacob, what do you think there? Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm going to agree with Eric. I think Passion of the Christ. I, I, mean, I think Jesus. Right. And anytime you talk religion, right. Two things you don't talk about at Thanksgiving, politics and religion. Well, if, if you're doing a protest and you throw Jesus being crucified, you, you've already mixed up the two things, politics and religion. Um, and so I think Jesus is more universally controversial, good or bad. He, it just is. And, um, and so I think the likelihood of that creating a visceral reaction is greater than with American pie. I absolutely agree though. American pie is very objectionable and there's specific groups that would really get up in arms about it. But I think if you're a betting man, um, Passion of the Christ is more likely to in, incite some sort of response than American Pie. All right, Cameron, uh, it is four to four. 
you have you you have the last vote through this uh, this bracket. What do you think? I, I think American Pie is the type of movie. Now, don't get me wrong; it's a very good movie, very memorable, very quotable. But you can have American Pie on in the background. You know, if you're if you're hanging out with friends and point. you know whatever, having a barbecue, you can have American pie on and, you know, kind of peek in on it. Oh, that's funny. Or ha ha ha. That's a, that's a cool scene. Or I remember that part, you know, if passion of the Christ is on, that's pretty much going to derail anything that's happening. Um, I, I don't think I've seen anybody just sit through the passion of the Christ and say, yeah, you know, good movie. And there's no um, take it or leave it with exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that is going to elicit some strong feelings. So if you're a peaceful pro- protester, really, regardless of what you're protesting, um, you see that it's going to get you charged up one way or another. And for that reason, Passion of the Christ is the winner. All right. Passion of the Christ, five to four. Starting the round. Upset. Starting the round down three. Yeah. Came storming back. So it's Jesus, something you said, come Cameron. Back story. <laughs> uh, something you said, Cameron, because uh, playing in the background, yeah, I'm thinking through American Pie, how much of that film, maybe with the sound turned down, people not paying attention, is going to be objectionable. Most of it, the objectionable stuff mm. is going to be in the dialogue. Um, That's fair. Just thinking, we used to always, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation uh, would always play in the background Christmas Eve. Um, and there's all a bunch of kids around. Uh, our daughter asked if she, if we could watch it, and, it, and my wife and I looked at each other. And said, yeah, that that movie's really. I'm not sure that's appropriate. We got to think about that. But it's always played in the background at Christmas mm. Eve. So, but to sit down and actually watch it is where I'm a little bit less kind of ready for that mm-hmm. with a with a younger kid. So, all right. Well, there yeah. we go. That. Uh... Passion of the Christ headed for a uh, a date with Toy Story at some point in the future. This uh, this brings us into our the Martin Scorsese region. Uh, our one seed here is Private Ryan. Number two seed is Mad Max Fury Road. But our first matchup is Warrior, uh, a family drama wrapped up in an MMA background, outstanding movie, uh, versus... Uh, the retelling of the story of Apollo 13 movie by the same name, Apollo 13. So um, Eric, we're going to start with you. Which of these movies would have been better with Will Ferrell in the lead role? <laughs> warrior or Apollo 13? Okay, which role in warrior is the lead role? Would you say? Um, I would say it's the two, uh, the two combatants, it's got to be one the of the brothers, two brothers, right? Yeah, the two. I mean, I'd love to see Will Ferrell as the dad. That would be sweet. But I really feel like we also need Will Ferrell in some MMA action in the event you choose Warrior. Um, so Tom Hanks has done a lot of comedy and Tom Hanks was in the, the kind of lead role for Apollo, think, Apollo 13. So I think if Will Ferrell is going to translate his comedy chops into something more dramatic it'll be into something like apollo 13 kind of like tom hanks did and i think that's a role that he could play fairly well uh i don't i don't think i could i could set aside the comedy um 
that Will Ferrell has done in watching Warrior, he'd have to do a handful of movies before playing either of those roles. Uh, and I think kind of in terms of uh, Jim Carrey going from all of his comedy mm. roles into the dramatic ones, it took time and effort to get him there. Um, before you could see him in like, uh, what was it? Man on the moon. Um, mm-hmm. uh, or eternal sunshine of the spotless mind or, you know, those kind of roles Truman show it took. <clears throat> I think the Truman show was kind of his, gateway to drama there was still comedy to it but it lent itself to also to a lot of drama so i think will ferrell could get into apollo 13 and it could be a you know i think apollo 13 is what my answer is warrior he'd need to take a bunch of steps to get there first so apollo Apollo 13 13. jacob brines what do you think which movie are you going to recast will ferrell into so it's interesting and i i was thinking about this i go if he's in Apollo 13 as, as Jim Lovell. Um, it's an interesting role. And it, it's funny because I'm having a hard time picturing him as Jim Lovell. And it might be because I can't picture anybody but Tom Hanks as that character. Cause Tom Hanks, he's Tom Hanks. Um, whereas with warrior, I think Will Ferrell, if he's going to be one of the brothers, he'd be Joel Edgerton because he'd be the teacher. Um, and I think he would do a good job as the role of, of as the dad and the teacher. He was in um, relatively early in his career. He was in uh, Stranger Than Fiction, which is a it's a comedy, but it's like a dark comedy um, where he plays a very largely straight laced person. And he did a fantastic. It's a very good movie. Um, and so I. I assuming he can you can get him into shape to look like an MMA fighter i think role wise he would be much better as um Joel Edgerton's brother i can't remember the, his name at the moment but um i think he'd also be a great Nick Nolte if we were billing him as the lead uh, he would do really well in that role as well mm. but I, I think he'd be one of the good brothers although Immediately when you said he has to be one of the brothers, I'm like, so is John C. Riley going to be the other one? Like, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> is this the gritty reboot that of Step Brothers? Fantastic. Like, but, yeah, again, we're going to need some rewrites. I think yeah, it's going to be a lot but, of uh, ad libbing going on. So, <laughs> really long story short, story short, uh, I'm going Warrior. I think Will Ferrell would fit into Warrior a little bit better. Got it. All right, Cameron, what do you think? Yeah, my short answer is I agree with Jake. I think he actually would fit into Warrior a little better. And here's why. I I look at a, an actor like Jake Gyllenhaal. He's been in some, you know, tough guy movies. He was in Southpaw. He was in Jarhead. And something about Jake Gyllenhaal, I don't, I don't think he was well cast in those movies. I just don't take him seriously as a tough guy. Now, the, the reason I bring that up is because if Jake Gyllenhaal can pull it off, I think that Will Ferrell could pull it off as well. Obviously, he's going to have to get in the gym. Obviously, he's going to have to, you know, give up his life for a little while to look the part. Um, but, man, he can deadpan really well. I think he can, you know, fit into that in a way that I think would be pretty interesting. Not perfectly but i think it would be very watchable if he was in there okay so mm-hmm. your answer is 
My answer is Warrior. Warrior. All right. Warrior, two to one. Um, all right, Jake, we're going to start with you this time. Um, okay. I want you to imagine uh, the uh, one of the final scenes in Braveheart, as you think this out, which movie title is the best to shout out when you're in pain? Warrior. <laughs> you're going, Warrior! Warrior! Right? <laughs> it actually it actually made me think of the movie Warriors. Warriors, but um yeah, Warrior. I mean, I, and under no circumstance would I yell out Apollo 13 <laughs> if I was in pain. It Anything just, with a number sounds yeah. unnatural to show. <laughs> Let me try. Apollo 13. No, it's just it's it really feel specific. Right. Yeah, it's really warrior. specific. Warrior. Yeah. yeah, you gotta go warrior. <laughs> Cameron, what do you think? Uh, what comes to mind is in uh, 40 year old virgin when they're um, doing the chest <laughs> <laughs> waxing and he says, Kelly Clarkson. And it's just so awkward and so out of it that everybody remembers that line. So yeah, I, it has to be warrior. Eric warrior. <laughs> Hands down. Warrior. All right. Our first, uh, our first one to move ahead after just two questions, warrior five, Apollo 13, one, our first favorite to uh, to win a matchup. So, all right. So we can uh, we can Warriors got a date with Saving Private Ryan further down the road. Uh, that brings us to our number three and our number six in the bracket. And number three, we have Die Hard, a great movie out of nowhere. Um, everybody loves it. And Seven, a movie that if you've seen it, you will never forget. It's great cinema. It's. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. So uh quick question. I don't remember Die Hard coming up. That was in the 90s, right? It's like 91-ish. Uh 80s, 80s, yeah. Was it 80s? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, late, I was in late 80s. I'm gonna guess 87. Eric, you looking that up? Wait for it. I was not looking that up. I was looking up uh but die 19... hard 88. 88, yep. 88. All right. Um okay. So, uh, Die Hard and Seven. Um, Cameron, I believe you're up first on this one. Which movie would you rather show to your great great grandparents? <laughs> now, you're not resurrecting them, you have to go back to when they were alive, early 1900s. Your great great grandparents, are you going to show them Die Hard or are you going to show them Seven? Okay, so, um I'm, I'm trying to think of what was going on in the world in my great, great grandparents era. So I'm thinking that would be late 1800s. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, so during that time, you know, if, if they were in, you know, I'm, I'm trying to take a political. Uh, Germans look at had this. just unified their country in 1871. Yeah. And they had now big plans, unified baby. Germany, and that's going to play into Die Hard. Yeah. And, and <laughs> say, say the question again, Jeff. Uh, which would you rather show to your great great grandparents, Die yeah. Hard or Seven? Yeah, for that reason, you know they're they're going to be much more into Die Hard. They're mm-hmm. going to, I mean, not that they're not going to understand Seven, but they're going to be charged up by Die Hard and how that goes down because the good guy wins. Yeah, right. You're going to have to explain a lot of stuff to him. But yeah, okay, we're going with Die Hard. Derek, what do you got there? I think Die Hard is something that they could stomach. Um, Mm. And like you said, 
uh, I don't think, I just think seven is too much. It's too heavy. And now, like we've said, I mean, this generation was probably much tougher than we are, but um, I, I think in general, the psychological parts of seven might be too, too much, too much, too graphic. So die hard. All right. Die hard. Jake, you got anything different for us? Uh, no, die hard. Um, <laughs> it's not even a really difficult question. I, I think if, if I'm showing great, great grandma and great, great grandpa, a movie, I want to show them a movie where there's helicopters where there's a really nice Christmas party where the terrorists are getting gacked by a guy in a tank top and no shoes. Like everything about Die Hard is just so dang entertaining. Like, and I want great, great grandma and great, great grandpa to be like, well, what's this? I'm like, oh, pause. Grandma, that's a machine gun. Well, what is a machine gun? Oh, you just oh, pull the trigger. Just watch. Yeah, just, just wait till like, 1914. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that, and let's also, if I showed my great great grandparents seven, they would die immediately. Yeah. They would have a heart attack before the end credits rolled. Like they, they, the great great grandma and great great grandpa, they've got enough real life experience with the seven deadly sins living in the late 1800s. They don't need to be reminded of it at its worst. They need to see John McClane saying, Yippee Kaye and Merkin terrorists. That's what we need to see for great great grandma and great great grandpa. So, yeah, die hard. Not even close. Agreed. So that was right. a sweep, right? That question was. A yeah, sweep. that's that's three yeah. nothing. Um, all right, um, Jake, which yeah. of these movies inspires you to be better? Die Hard or Seven? Mm. <laughs> okay, so that's interesting because the whole premise of Seven is that. The morality tale. The morality test, right, is that the, the people are failing in their morality. Um, and they die as a result of whatever their deadly sin is. Um, but I've never been a big fan of fear-based morality. Um, you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God is not my shtick. So... I think John McClane, what I like about him, at least in this first movie, is that he's a relatable person, right? He's a cop. His marriage is on the rocks. Um, he's trying to do the right thing. And then he gets wrapped up in this, in this, you know, takeover of Nakatomi Plaza. So I think on a on a one-to-one -one level, Die Hard would make me want to be a better father slash husband slash person. Um, whereas Seven would definitely scare me, but um, not, it wouldn't have the same impetus to move me to being just a better person on my own. All right. John McClane, Die Hard. Cameron, what do you think? Which movie inspires you to be better, Die Hard or Seven? Yeah, you know, this is, this is what heroism is all about. He's just trying to mind his own business. He's trying to take care of his family, bring his family back together. But duty calls, you know, he could have turned a blind eye to it. He could have said, ah, you know, I don't I don't want to get involved. I want to be like John McClane and I want to kick ass. Agreed. Okay. That's so the next office party. 
Totally. <laughs> Dude, diehard themed office party. So yeah. w- w- we've got a sweep here, diehard over seven. But Eric, I want to go back to a previous question for you on this that holds no weight. Um, Eric, which of these would you rather name a gay bar? <laughs> diehard or seven, Eric? You have to answer the question. <laughs> yeah, and you have to wax loquacious about your <laughs> loquacious yes <laughs> that's a good name for a bar uh you know what forget it let's just move on let's i'm gonna let you off the hook on that um die hard and sweet over seven let me just stop, say this stop, i just... don't think seven would be a great name for the bar agreed all right the quentin tarantino region Hmm. Um, a great region name, great director. We got our number one seed in the Tarantino region is Anchorman, comedy classic. Number two, the controversial um, money machine that is Avatar. But our first matchup, two 80s classics. I love this matchup. We have Top Gun and we have Predator. Top Gun's a four seed. Predator is a five seed. Um. I've lost track of who's first, so we're going to go with you, Eric. Which movie would you rather have as the theme of your back tattoo? <laughs> Predator so, or Top I'm gonna, Gun? I'm going to give you a couple of pieces of information. One, I saw Predator for the first time all the way through the other day. That was another movie I had to watch. And it's awesome. And one of my favorite moments was when the, uh, you know, it starts up and it starts playing that wonderful 80s music. And then I see music composed by Alan Silvestri and just all of the 80s stuff that he's done uh, is brilliant. But Top Gun, and I know this is getting away from the back tattoo. I'll come back to it. Top Gun's Gun's, uh, theme song. Jake, you might remember. I knew you were going to bring up the theme song. Carrie's a very special place because uh, when my wife and I were introduced at our wedding reception, it was to the opening theme for Top Gun. At Hill Air Force Base. uh, Well, it was at uh, the Phoenix Air National Guard Club there on um, uh, Sky Harbor Airport. The the Air National Guard has it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so we had some airmen who were armed there, but we, we came out to that song and it was really great. I, they ate all the food. Thanks a lot, airmen. Hey, it. hey, they took a picture with us. Okay, sorry. No, you're right. Best picture of the wedding. Um, I th- I'm going to go with Top Gun because my dad was a pilot. I saw this movie so many times growing up. I love airplanes. I'm going to have a Top Gun tattoo. All right, Pete Maverick Mitchell. Been blazing across Eric's back. I can't yeah. wait to see that. Jake, what do you think? <laughs> I love it. Eric's gonna have a buzz in the tower. It's gonna be awesome. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was thinking about this movie, and I think if I were to get a full body or a full back tattoo, that's an interesting question because uh, F-16s lend themselves to the canvas that is your back, but um Predator has got some great quotes that I think would be good and permanent ink on my body. If it bleeds, we can kill it. I'm a sexual Tyrannosaurus. Um, There's some good stuff there. And uh, 
I don't got time to bleed. <sighs> but get I don't to want to chopper. Get to the chopper, and then you could actually have a chopper on your back. That would be cool. And then, of course, just the predator on your back and yeah. full mm-hmm. predator mode. Yeah. All out. Who's that guy for the Packers who had the little predator dance? Uh, is it Darius Smith? No, Clay Matthews. Used oh, to Clay Matthews. That. After every time he sacked him, he'd do the yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, You're going to turn this into a Packers tattoo of Clay Matthews, aren't you? If if I can get away <laughs> with it, I definitely would. Um, you know what? Okay, so here's the tattoo. It's going to have all the guys. So Carl Weathers, Jesse the Body. It's going to have Arnold. Um, Oh, who's there's the the Native American one? I can't remember his name. Oh yeah, um, Billy. 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 That was his and character's the, name. I don't know the actor. And uh, it's gonna have all four of them guns ablazing, and it's gonna say underneath it, "I ain't got time to bleed." And then, and there's gonna be the um the predator laying down, murked on the ground. So that's going to be it. So predator. I guess I'm going predator. All right, Jake's going predator. Cameron, you've had a lot of time to think about it. What uh, what have you come this up? Is with? Interesting because so, they all died trying to kill it. Not all of them. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's fine. Arnold died, didn't Did, he? No, he didn't die. No. Well, he didn't end up anywhere else. He wasn't on the chopper, was he? Yes, he was on the chopper at the end, going back. I got it. That's right. Doing? He got away. He got away. He got away. <laughs> he didn't get away. He won. Anyway. Him and the girl also. Didn't the girl also live? She did, but she, she did. was in a safe place. Well, she never picked up a weapon. Smart girl. That was the whole right. thing, right? She didn't pick yeah. up a weapon, so the predator didn't hunt her. All right. Anyway, sorry, Cameron. So, you know, if I'm if I'm at the 24-hour fitness and I'm getting ready to play a game of three on three, and my team's going skins, what? Which of these scenarios is going to be more menacing? You want the volleyball scene from Top Gun on your back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You want a bunch of dudes standing around sweating, spiking a volleyball. The double high five, high and yeah. low. In yeah. short denim shorts. Exactly. Epic. <laughs> or do I want the predator in all his glory, all angry and got the tentacles coming out. Easy answer, predator. All right, predator. That went well. Um, this is going to get old, but I can't help it. Just. Just think to yourselves, which one would be the better gay bar name? Anyhow, we're going to move on. Um, <laughs> Jake. <laughs> which movie would you rather watch? So can we go back to Die Hard? Because that bar, <laughs> that bar name would be Guy Hard. And... <laughs> hey, Jake, meet me at Top Gun after work. <laughs> Uh, do you remember the movie Hot Shots? I the do now. Movie? You remember that, right? Yeah, with Charlie Sheen. Oh, it was awesome. Anyway, yeah. All right, Jake. Uh, Top Gun or Predator? Which movie would you rather watch with your father? This might hold a special place for you, having lost your father uh, at a young age, sixteen, if memory serves. Uh, mm-hmm. Which of these movies would uh, would you like to be able to go back and watch with your dad? That's a good question because. The movies I watched with dad were, he watched a lot of Westerns, but we also watched at a way too early age, Full Metal Jacket. Um, And I think, and we watched Terminator. I I think he would like Predator more. I, I know I've watched 
Top Gun, and I'm sure I watched it with him at some point, but I feel like from an enjoyment standpoint, he would he would pick Predator, and I would love to sit next to him and watch that movie. Right on. So, All right, Cameron, what do you think? Which movie would you like to watch with your father, Top Gun or Predator? Yeah, um, my dad, being the athlete that he was, was big on competition and survival of the fittest and um, – you know, outperforming the other guy. And that's what the Top Gun school is all about is just being the best. Um, everything's a competition. So um, very much how I was raised uh, with sports and competition matters. So yeah, it would, it would definitely be Top Gun. Mr. Hoffman, what do you think? Top Gun or Predator? Which one? I mean, I saw Top Gun at an early age and I did not see Predator until last week. Um for a reason that's because my dad was a pilot um been a pilot at heart his whole life and so i saw top gun very early on because it had airplanes in it um i had forgotten almost completely about the uh, more salacious scenes in the movie um so we tried watching it with our kids and remembered at the last moment Whoops. that uh, <laughs> we need to fast forward this. Was, you know we watched the movie because my kid loves airplanes so um i know my dad might not enjoy Predator at all. He might get irritated by it just because it's not interesting to him. But Top Gun would be the thing we would watch. All right. Um, we're, we're three to three. Top Gun for Predator. <laughs> Top Gun against Predator brings us into our uh, last question. Who answered that one first? That was Jake. We're going to go yep. Cameron. You're going uh, to answer this. Top Gun or Predator? Which movie would Bill Shakespeare prefer? Wow. Okay. When, when I think of Shakespeare, I think of highfalutin, high society, um, nose in the air type behavior. Um, you know, the every man did not go to William Shakespeare plays back in the day and especially not today. Um, when I watch Predator, nothing about that makes me think, oh, you know, these are upper, upper crust, you know, top of the top of society, one percenters. Um, whereas Top Gun, you know, you can imagine, uh, you know, Val Kilmer's character going to the prep school and growing up, you know, super fancy and, and all of the highfalutin parties and all of that. So I'm, I'm going top gun. All right. Eric Hoffman, top gun or predator, which movie would bill Shakespeare, AKA William Shakespeare, the bard prefer. Uh, looking at both these films, one of the things that, that stands out in both the predator or predator and top gun is that, characters make mistakes that lead to their own demise or lead to the demise of others. Um, in Top Gun, obviously Maverick's kind of, uh, you know, ego leads to the death of Goose. Uh, in some respects, his, his ability to, his desire to push the envelope constantly, uh, keep trying to outdo himself leads, you know, in some ways to the death of Goose. And then he has to deal with that tragedy. Um, 
but he only needs to deal with it for a little bit because at the end, it's just kind of like he's high-fiving Val Kilmer and it's all better, but you still have a widow and you still have an orphaned kid. Um, I don't think William Shakespeare would let Maverick off the hook that easily. In Predator, however, you have Carl Weathers' character who has kept information from Dutch. Um, he has not told him the whole story about what's going on. Um, and that that leads slowly to the demise of the whole group until at the end, uh, Dutch does survive. But everyone dies except for Dutch and the girl. Uh, and the Predator, being that he he toys with his prey for so long, finally finds himself at the mercy of his prey. Uh, he has to give himself up to his bomb. I think that William Shakespeare is going to get along more with the demise of the characters in Predator than in Top Gun. So Predator. All right. Um, that was an eloquent answer. Like <clears throat> A plus for that response. Well, it took it the other way. I, I thought you were going to choose the catharsis that takes place with Pete Mitchell over the just the straight action and ass kicking of Predator. So, um, yeah, you, you took us all through the uh, all through the labyrinth there. Well done. Um, and having said that, we're, we're four to four. Ooh. Jake Rines, you got. Uh, so I was <laughs> I was hoping Cameron and Eric would make this easy on me and I wouldn't have to choose. Um, but <laughs> Eric, you had to go off and blow me away with that response. Um, so I, I think uh, one would think Top Gun lends itself to Shakespeare a little more i agree if shakespeare had top gun maverick is not surviving he's just not because shakespeare either did comedies or he did tragedies he he never really played in the middle um and the you, you kind of got a montague and capulet thing between Iceman and maverick you know these rival factions um but i'm gonna say this eric you convinced me predator I'm picking Predator. I was leaning Top Gun until you gave your answer. And now I'm I'm in full agreement that Predator, as wild as it is, and to be fair, Shakespeare did write A, Mid a Midsummer Night's Dream, which is a fantastical story. Um, so it's not out of the realm for him to write something with creatures like the Predator, um, but make it a tragedy. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go Predator. I right. didn't um, think I would, but here we are. Two eighties classics, two of my favorite movies. Predator. How about a Midsummer Gun. Night's Dream with Puck played by Predator? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Midsummer Night's Dream, instead of making it a fanciful comedy, it's a tragedy. That's what that's what it would be. Predator would be a Midsummer Night's Dream, but a tragedy, instead of a a comedy. And I think it would be really good. Um, Let's start working on that script. Yeah, let's see if we can retroactively <laughs> get Shakespeare on this. All right. Uh, I'm going to go top off and uh, go to the bathroom real quick. Can we take a couple minute break here? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. That, Me too. That, that may have been the best answer to one of these questions. Like, I, that was well done. You can write a term paper on <laughs> what you just said. He just I, did. So, which, how many more movies of these do you have to see? How many so I still have like, what do I have? I still have uh, in Bruges, 
Got to finish Scarface. Have to watch Rain Man and Pulp Fiction. Wow, Pulp Fiction, huh? I feel like that came up. I just forgot about it. Yeah, I uh, I should definitely do some more homework, but before the next one, Eric, I've, I've got about four or five I got to watch here. Yeah. A Midsummer Nightmare. That's what it would be called. Ooh, I like it. Wouldn't it? Yeah. So then, I mean, what do you have? Love triangles that all end in like murder and suicide. For what? Well, Midsummer's Nightmare. Oh yeah, I guess. But just yeah, I, you totally switched me. I was leaning Top Gun, and then you said that, and I'm like, no, Predator. He could do it. A betrayal of friends. Yeah, it would be awesome. All right. Um, welcome back. A quick little break. We uh, we got the Predators took out Top Gun and we're moving into our second matchup in the Quentin Tarantino region. We have a surprising three seed with Mean Girls versus uh, a maybe underranked Rocky Four. Um, we are going to start with uh, oh, we're going to start with Jake for no good reason. Jake, Mean Girls or Rocky Four? Which movie does Motley Crue like better? Hmm. Huh. The crew is sitting around pre-show, post-show, probably pre-show. Which one are they most likely to put on? Hmm. It's interesting because I picked both these movies. These I drafted both these movies when we did the draft. Um, and for whatever reason... I feel like Mean Girls would resonate better with them than Rocky Four. Interesting. Well, you guys have you have all this drama and you have all this intrigue, and I feel like the band members could each relate to, you know, Tommy Lee would be like, "Well, I'm Regina," and then Brett Michaels, would, you know, "No, I am," and and so I think there'd be this inner uh, Vince band, Neil, not uh, not or Brett Vince Michaels. Neil, not Brett, yeah, Vince Neil, and. Uh, I, I think they could see themselves as each one of the of the the female characters in Mean Girls. Yeah, they could pick up some new hairstyles, some clothing tips. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jake is going Mean Girls. Cameron, which movie does Motley Crue like better, Mean Girls or Rocky Four? Yeah, my initial reaction was, oh yeah, it's Rocky Four, hands down. But um, you know, Tommy Lee, I recall dated pamela anderson back in the day and were married where they were married okay and you know that guy is just a drama magnet he loves that was a very calculated move to marry her he loves the attention he loves the eyeballs and i mean he's like regina george's spirit animal so definitely they they'd go with uh mean girls all right, Mean Girls takes two. Eric, what do you think? Mean Girls or Rocky Four? Which one's Motley Crue more into? Uh, Rock, uh, Motley Crue seems like they just want to have fun. Uh, they don't probably want to be too introspective. And I think Rocky Four would lend itself to, you know, a lot of serious, tough moments for them. Mean Girls a little bit lighter. And I think that's what they want to have on in the background. 
Which one did you just pick? Mean Girls. Okay. Mean Girls. Is that, is that a sweep? That is. Yeah, that's, that's a sweep. Nothing. Question M- Molly sweep. Crew. Wow. Um, all right, Cameron. Mean Girls or Rocky Four? Which movie says more about humanity? Oh, the, the cruel and vicious nation of Mean Girls Jeez. or the uh, changing geopolitics with the with a couple brutal uppercuts and uh, an indomitable will. Which one says more about humanity? Gosh, I this is this is a really hard question. I mean, on one hand, you've got Mean Girls, and let's be honest, that's not just a movie about girls. I mean, people are awful to each other. And, you know, they'll step on each other's throat in, in their career and do whatever they got to do. And that's to, not allowed in boxing. To, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different thing. Exactly. It's not that's boxing, a gentleman's it's a Rocky game. movie. That's a gentleman's sport. So, yeah, you know, Mean Girls, Rocky Four. I, when, when Rocky after the fight with Ivan Drago and he gets on the mic and it's Christmas and you know, he, he had already turned a very hostile crowd. And by the end of that, the Soviets are cheering him on chant, chanting his name. It's, it's Rocky four. That is the best, most emotional I, I absolutely love that movie. And, and because again, you know, you can't go wrong with the emotional roller coaster that is Rocky Four. Gotcha. Eric, what do you think? Which movie says more about humanity? Mean Girls or Rocky Four? So Mean Girls, like Cameron said, says a lot about how humanity is and what our natural state is. Rocky Four shows us what humanity can be when individuals take up their mantle and and make tough choices to do great things. And I'm going to be a bit of an optimist here. And I think Rocky IV uh, gives us a story about what humanity really should be. So Rocky IV. The great quote at the end of Rocky's uh, speech that just popped into my head is if, if I can do better and he can do better, we can all do better. And it's a, uh, it's a goosebumps. Jake, what do you think? Uh, Rocky four. And it's not even hard. Um, The whole movie is incredible. It's one of my favorite movies. So I'm clearly speaking from a place of bias. Um, But Apollo Creed entering the ring, you know, he just wanted to do the exhibition fight, but he felt like he was out of the game and he wanted to get back into it because he was missing that thing in his life. And then when Apollo Creed died at the hands of Drago and, and then Rocky's basically on a revenge tour and, you know, Rocky at one point says, he says, you know, he's stronger than me. He's bigger than me. He's faster than me, but he's not willing to go as far as I am. I'm willing to die. And he's not ready for that. And, uh, you know, and, and then the whole fight itself is this test between these two implacable wills. And when Rocky hits Drago and cuts him 
And then Apollo Creed's old corner man says, see, he is a man. He's just a man. Yeah. He's not a machine. And then Drago if it bleeds, goes, we can kill it. Kill it. Yep. <laughs> it's an applicable line. <laughs> I'm getting and goosebumps then, right now. And then Drago and the other corner goes, he's not like, he's not a man. He is like a piece of iron. Yeah. And then it leads up to this tumultuous speech at the end. And it's just like, yeah, that's, that's what I want. Like I give me, you know, injected in my veins. That's, you know what mean girls is a great movie but it doesn't give me shivers <laughs> like yeah. this movie does so uh rocky for sure all right rocky four all right gentlemen we are uh we're tied three to three we've Ooh. had uh sweeps on on back-to-back questions there um eric which movie has been mentioned in more graduation speeches mean rocky girls four. <laughs> or rocky four rocky four all right no discussion required jake uh i think rocky four is far more inspirationally quotable so i'm gonna go rocky four i depend i guess it depends on who's giving the graduation speech if it's some valedictorian who has a vendetta she's gonna quote mean girls to the girl that slighted her, but Rocky. Well, she might. I mean, often. she might quote Drago and say, "If he dies, he dies." You don't know. I mean, <laughs> not every not every line in Rocky is a good one. <laughs> he dies. I must, he dies. I must break him. I must break you. Know? you. Yeah. There's there's a lot of aggressive lines in Rocky too. So you don't have to. All right, that's it, Cameron. No response required. Um, Rocky four. I come from behind. Wow. What well, would you have picked? Would you have picked Rocky or Mean Girls? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would have chosen Rocky for um, okay. I'm super biased on that that movie. I don't know how it slipped to number six. That is the selection committee was asleep at hey, the wheel. That that's oh, just oh, where you're that's, talking to the selection committee. That's exactly where Rocky wants to be. The underdog. Uh, likes fair it. enough. That's exactly fair enough. where he wants to be. Yep. OK, um, that gets us into our. Uh, the fourth and final region that we're going to get into for the day. We're going to go back and revisit some of these, but we're now into the James Cameron region where uh, number one seed Avengers Endgame, number two seed, we have Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Our first matchup between a four and a five is American Sniper and Return of the King. I'd like to go last on this one. Deal. All right. Um, Cameron. I wasn't ready. Um, which one of these movies would David David Hasselhoff like better? American Sniper or Return of the King? David Hasselhoff. Do you know who that is? I do. All and right. I'm I'm picturing him. You know, he is a man of running uh, on the beach. Of great frivolity is the word that I'm looking for. And, you know, I I think of that uh, video that went viral of him hammered drunk laying on the floor. Was it pizza or was it a burger? I think it was hamburgers. Okay. Um, So, yeah, he was just just eating like a absolute animal on the floor. And, um, you know, there, there are moments like that of 
you know, absolute desperation in, in the movie of uh, Return of the King. Um, whereas American Sniper is, you know, he's just so cool and such a badass and cool under pressure and always backing up his guys and, you know, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to pick return of the King. All right. Return of the King. Eric, what do you got? I feel like American sniper is too heavy for him. Mm. So I also would go with return of the King. Hasselhoff doesn't strike you as a deep river. He's a shallow brook, <laughs> incapable of the complexities of American Sniper. Yes, that is accurate. <laughs> All right, Jake, you asked to be last. You got it. What do you so, think? Well, and I asked to be last because I'm speaking from a, a point of ignorance regarding American Sniper. So I wanted to make sure that Eric and Cameron went first because um, I have not seen this movie. However, from my understanding of this movie, it's about Bradley Cooper plays the most decorated sniper in, in the U.S. military. Correct. That's right. and then tragically, because it's based on a true story, he was killed mm -hmm. by a guy that he was trying to help out. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, we uh, Lord of the Rings is one of the biggest movies of all time. I don't know if I need to go into that as far as the plot. Um, but what's interesting is David Hasselhoff has basically become a character of himself. And where he's more known for being David Hasselhoff than he is for any role. Um, he's the Hoff. He, he's the Hoff, you know, and he, and he owns it. And it's actually really entertaining. Um, however, his probably his most famous role is that is uh, Mitch Buchanan from Baywatch. And then obviously second would be Knight Rider. I, I think those are one, two. And then third would be Michael Knight. He, the third would be that he's really big in Germany. Um <laughs> so what's interesting is that his his character ego i don't know if this is him the person but the character that he presents is very arrogant and very i am so great and you know all that stuff and i think that character that we all understand of david hasselhoff would think that he somehow relates his role as mitch buchanan on baywatch to whatever the person that Bradley Cooper played in American Sniper. And you'd be like, well, yeah, obviously I'm the most decorated lifeguard in all of American history. Um, <laughs> and so that's why I'm going to go against the type and say American Sniper. All right, got it. Uh, Hasselhoff, clearly an American Sniper fan. Um, all right, Jake, since uh, you begged out of the lead on that one, we're going to uh, we're going to give you the lead on this one. OK. Which movie, American Sniper or Return of the King, would be better with Molly Ringwald in the lead? <laughs> oh, so she's either playing Chris Kyle in some crazy universe, or she's uh, who's Viggo Mortensen's character? Aragorn. Aragorn. Thank you, son Aragorn. of Arathorn. Okay, of the line of Numenor. Also known as Duna Dane, <laughs> Ranger of the North, Strider. Um, I just can't imagine her playing Aragorn at the Battle of the Black Gate in Return of the King. Um, and because I haven't seen American Sniper, 
but I have seen the breakfast club. I guess Molly Ringwald is going to be Chris Kyle. And I just, I don't feel good about this answer. Let's just be fair. I'm not liking it, but that's where we are. Cause I cannot envision her in middle earth fighting a horde of orcs. All right. American sniper. It is Molly starring Molly Ringwald. <laughs> I, I'm going to second Jake on this, but I'm going to give a good reason. Molly Ringwald, when she goes to that emotionless state and her face goes completely blank, mm. is exactly how Chris Kyle and Bradley Cooper kind of were looking down the scope at the target and pulling the trigger, just mm. doing his job. And whether the target was a boy carrying a like a rocket propelled grenade or mm-hmm. militants with guns. He just pulled the trigger and did his job and protected Marines. And I think Molly Ringwald could pull that off with that straight face, no emotion. I'm just doing my job. All right. Molly Ringwald, cold blooded American sniper. Cameron, what do you think? It, it sounds ridiculous, but I really liked Jake initially convinced me. Um, but but Eric went last, and I'm with Eric. That's uh, that was the best explanation. I can't do better than that. So I'm going American Sniper. All right. Um, we got American Sniper's got four. Return of the King has two. Having said that, um, Cameron, let's start with you. Which movie? No, I'm going to start with Eric on this one. Which of these movies is more popular on the campus of ASU? What does what 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 does Sun Devil Nation? Go to. They got two DVDs to choose from. They gonna grab American Sniper. They gonna grab Return of the King. What do you think, Hoff? I, I, uh, I'm just gonna say my answer. I what I'm gonna say is gonna upset a lot of people. So, um, Return of the King, easily. I don't know why you think that would upset people. I think that's no, no. What I was gonna say, um. What I'm not saying would upset people. Uh, so, no, Return of the King, hands down. Um, I, I don't know that American Sniper is going to appeal to a large crowd. Return of the King does. All right, Jake, what do you think? I, I agree with him. Um, <clears throat> here's how I know. Because I'm pretty savvy and I'm on TikTok now. There is... <laughs> There is a whole large subset of TikTok that just loves. You just Lord don't have the algorithm for the sniper. Eric, this is my time. Let me get my answer. Um, there's a whole subset of TikTok that loves Lord of the Rings. I don't know if that same subset of TikTok is stomping down campuses with American sniper fandom. Um not that it's not a great movie. Like I said, I haven't seen it. It may be an awesome movie, but Lord of the Rings was the most popular film series in the early 2000s. And it's held up really, really well over the past 20 years. And um, it's one of those things that people still will binge continuously. So I got to go Lord of the Rings. All right, Cameron, it's four to four. ASU student body. <clears throat> yeah. Um, for, for good reason, 
ASU has uh, really made Pat Tillman into a hero. Um, Pat Tillman is, you know, truly what he did was, was unbelievable. And, you know, he's an ASU alum and everything. And I think there's enough of that affinity for, you know, the fighting man to really carry over to American Sniper. Um, died tragically, died doing, you know, helping others. Um, how, how can that not resonate on ASU camp, campus uh, going American Sniper? So it's interesting, Cameron, as you're giving your answer, and as you're giving your answer, Eric's writing Return of the yes, King. Yes, exactly. And then you see, you see the dismay come over him oh. as he realizes that you're going to say American Sniper. And it was really a fun experience for me to watch. <laughs> so, so I, I'm going to piggyback off what Jake said about Lord of the Rings. In the 50s, when the Lord of the Rings books were initially published, you know, nobody knew what was happening in the second and third book because they hadn't been published yet. But those books were wildly popular on college campuses. So, again, you, I think it are appeals. you lobbying Cameron here? Is that what you're a doing? Little a, soft bit, lobby? a little bit. It's, I mean, he can still change his answer, I assume. <laughs> the podcast will run out. But I changed um, mine with Kaiser Roll. It, it's happened I'd say, before. Uh, in the 50s and then again in the 60s, oh, it was very popular. 2000s, wildly popular. It was a thing that most college students could get on board with. But I mean, in, in the, the college age, you know, dude is going to be trying to appeal, you know, trying to come off as a tough guy and impress the women and that kind of thing. I mean, I think Chris Kyle's going to resonate with your average 18, 19. Yeah, I like the old. Pat Tillman angle too. That's I the, think, uh, that's, I that's, think that's, that's something going on. At this is also sure. very telling of, I think Cameron had a very different college experience than Eric and I had. And I think it's showing in our choice of movie right now. Because Eric and I are... Hey, Cameron, how many we're, Society for the Creative Anachronisms meetings did you go to in college? We're definitely lobbying. <laughs> Eric and I are definitely lobbying for our own college experience right now. And Cameron's basically saying, dude, you got to be a dude if you want to get a date. And we're like, well, no, actually, what you need to do is uh, go watch uh, Lord of the Rings with your buddies. Yeah, I, I was not a member of the uh, LARP committee at uh concordia irvine i did not do a lot of larping in my day eric is getting do a lot he did some (laughs) i I wasn't the president of the he was too busy playing basketball and dating girls all right Uh, i do like your answer though cameron i i do I, i disagree with it but i like the angle because you said asu pat tillman that does change the dynamic a bit. And I think had you said um, UCLA or, you know, just any non ASU school where they don't literally have a statue of the guy as they enter the football stadium um, that changes things. So I I think very, very good answer. And their statue at ASU is much better than the one at the Cardinal stadium. Oh, very. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just lip service. I mean, they have the Pat Tillman run at ASU, you know, it ends at the 50 yard line. It's, uh, it's not just a nice story that they like to talk about and promote. I mean, they're really, 
No, the, I agree. The I, uh, affinity is real. You, you provided an angle that I was not seeing, and I think it was a good one. So, uh, although I obviously I disagree, I, I'm not upset at the answer because it was a really good one. So, yeah, that was equivalent as I was talking of, you know, I'm standing at the free throw line and Eric's in the background with a little uh, wiggly uh, balloon <laughs> trying to get me to spare, miss the free throw. The noisemakers or whatever yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. that, that was enough. harrowing. I'm not like Michael Phelps coming out from behind the curtain <laughs> right, at ASU yeah. in a speedo. <laughs> a speedo. All right, number uh, we got a three seed versus our six seed Spider-Man: Homecoming, uh, where Marvel gets back uh, the Spider-Man character to do what they will and fold him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, versus arguably the greatest Star Wars movie ever, Empire Strikes Back, and I think ranked a little low at a six seed, but. That's uh, that's my personal view on that. Um, Jake Rines, we're going to start with you on this. Spider-Man Homecoming or The Empire Strikes Back? Which movie would Sigmund Freud prefer? Oh, man. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's I think it's Empire. And I don't know if it's that difficult of an answer. Um, because in empire, this is where Vader says, Luke, I am your father. Luke says, no, that's impossible. Actually, uh, he says, no, I am your father. Oh, sorry. Just so we're clear. No, on no, no, that's good. No, it's, it's not good. the first time Eric's pointed that out on this yeah. podcast. Just for the um, so you've got this weird Oedipus complex thing going on between Luke and Anakin, um, You've also got Peter's mother or aunt is pretty hot, and there are some who's not father issues. Aunt May, Aunt May is Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei in homecoming, and then I think I that's more of an issue for the. I think that's more of an issue for the audience, not so much for Peter. Um, True, but he's also got the death of his father figure, which would have been Uncle Ben, even though they don't deal with that per se in Homecoming. I no, I agree. I, I think homecoming has that but i i really think the the tortured soul of anakin and then the big reveal that he's actually luke's father and um obviously luke and leia are overcoming their kissing mishap from the first movie and uh there's just a lot going on there that i think freud could really sink his teeth into um spider-man is uh, aside from the Uncle Ben Aunt May stuff, it's it, it's a uh, it's a superhero teen movie, and while that's good, it's not necessarily got these layers that Empire has. So I, I'm sticking with Empire, but I, I agree with 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 what you guys are saying there. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right, Cameron, what do you think? Which movie does Sigmund Freud like better, Spider Man: Homecoming or The Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence on this one. Um, you know, Peter Parker is at a very formative time in his life. And to your point, you know, Aunt May is, is pretty hot in, uh, in that movie. Um, gosh, but you know, there, there's so many layers. There's so much going on in the empire strikes back. You know, that is an earth shattering moment to say, Mm. I didn't know my father before now this guy is saying I'm his father, what's going, or he's my father, what's going through my head. That is, 
mind bending. Yeah, Freud could uh, have a field day with that one. So I'm choosing Empire Strikes Back. Got it. Eric, what do you think? Mr. Contrarian. I'm thinking about doing that. You know, in Spider-Man Homecoming, Peter is going through some changes in his physical, you know, in his body. Uh, it's a time of change for him. He's got magical time in a young man's yeah, life. He's, he's, you know, he's got tingle senses going on. <laughs> he's got extra strength, but I don't think it lends itself to the complexities of the uh <laughs> he does keep the door to his room closed a lot he does <laughs> and he is in some compromising scenarios pretty much in every film in that bedroom but uh i think the empire strikes back lends itself more to all of the uh freudian issues that uh sigmund freud would love to pull apart and dissect so Empire Strikes Back. All right, got you. Um, all right, Cameron, we're going to start with you. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming or The Empire Strikes Back, which movie would be improved with more dancing? Like a lot more dancing, like Bollywood level dancing. So it's West Side Story, but yeah. this movie? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Homecoming or Empire? More dancing. Like a lot more dancing. Yeah. I mean, Spider Man with the action and the movement and swinging through right, the air. Like, like you remember the Hoth number? Hey, how about the, the Cloud City number? <laughs> Spider Man is, is kind of a dance as it is. So, you know, more dancing is, is not going to make it you know, put it over the edge necessarily, but empire strikes back. If there was a lot of Bollywood dancing in that, I'm very intrigued and I'm, I'm buying a ticket to see that movie. So um, empire strikes back. There's running away with it, Eric. What do you got? There's literally nothing going to be better than some techno music with lightsabers everywhere. Vader with a hundred stormtroopers behind him. Yeah, just, all choreographed. Just, that would be a sick oh, yeah. dance. <laughs> but, but Vader's <laughs> theme, yeah. Yeah, I lightsabers, blasters. The lights are down, and techno music. I mean, you've always we've always seen these parodies where stormtroopers are dancing already. Sure, dancing mm -hmm. Vader, Just yeah. Lean into it and make it worthwhile. Get yeah. Lin Manuel Miranda to write the numbers. It, it could be a classic. Dance away. I, I wasn't sold, but now you're right. It could be a classic. All right, Jake. Uh, Empire just won this this matchup, but do you have anything to say on this matter? I want to see that movie. I want to see the musical Empire. So yeah, I agree with Eric and Cameron. Was right. that was that a sweep? Yeah, was that, was five nothing? Um, that was our, only our second five nothing sweep. Die Hard also swept seven five to nothing. So, um, all right, that gets us uh, that gets check. us back up into the Steven Eric, Spielberg region. Uh, check your spelling on Empire. I fixed it. Okay, because it says entire. Oh, there we go. All right. Yeah. Sorry. All right. In the Steven Spielberg region, we uh, Scott Pilgrim 
had an upset over Forrest Gump, and now takes on Gladiator. Scott Pilgrim versus the world takes on Gladiator. Um, Cameron, which movie makes a better prom theme? Gladiator or Scott Pilgrim oh, versus oh, oh, oh. the world? Oh, I know what I would want. Is this prom at the Citadel? Because <laughs> that might change the answer. So it's our it's our average senior prom at a normal high school in any town it's, USA. It's, it's it's your high school, Cameron, and you're on okay. the prom committee. And you okay. guys have narrowed it down to two themes. It's Gladiator mm. or it's Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm. You going with uh, swords and sandals? Or are you going with the quirky humor of Michael Sarah? Yeah, Scott I, Pilgrim versus the world. I, I think you can go a lot more directions with Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Gladiator, don't get me wrong, great movie, but I feel like that theme, general theme, has been done before. Um, you know, when it comes to a party or a celebration, you know, it's, it's essentially like a toga party. Oh so no! I'm I'm going to no. choose Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Scotty P with a quick three jumps out there. Eric, do you have strong opinions? Clearly. Yeah, so the theme is gladiator, not toga party. So <laughs> um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. The problem there is unpredictability. It could just be anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that lends itself to just, there's no tying theme. Gladiator, I get to wear sandals. I get to wear, um, you know, a tunic with, uh, you know, an the armor skirt and have a gladius. That's a toga a party. Shield and a helmet. No, a shield and a helmet and a gladius. That's not a toga party. Um, and, and my wait, wait, prom wait, date. Wait, Eric, are you saying you considered going to prom in a gladiator outfit? Absolutely. Okay. I, just, yeah. just, just checking. There's, this is, there's no, we clearly here. vetoed that gladiator theme is the way to go. All right, Jake, Jacob Ryans, what do you think? So better prom theme, gladiator, Scott Pilgrim. So here's the thing. Uh, initially, when I thought of this, heard the question, I thought Scott Pilgrim, because it's a music based movie. And that's awesome. There's a lot of great characters with knives and Ramona, obviously Scott Pilgrim. And then you've got all the villains throughout, which you could dress up as, which is really, really cool. Gladiator. On the other hand, is a swords and sandals epic movie set in ancient Rome, which does not necessarily lend itself to prom. However, the things that would lend itself to prom is, is in the soundtrack, there's a song called The Might of Rome. And when that is happening is when they are entering Rome and there's this big triumph for Commodus and all the fanfare that's going on. And it's awesome. And so you could use that to incorporate into your you know, prom court march um, as they're getting introduced, the people on the prom court. Um, and I kind of want to pick Gladiator for that reason. However, oh. <laughs> if I was if I was on the prom committee and I tried to suggest Gladiator for the prom theme, I might get kicked off the prom committee. Yeah, Gone. but then you end up in the arena and you get to fight those people on the prom committee. <laughs> See, but here's the thing, Eric. 
<laughs> have you watched Scott the Pilgrim versus the world? Yeah. Yeah, once. And I watched you might need to like watch it again. Times. You might need to watch it again because it's so good. And everything about it, like Chris Evans is a bad guy in it and he's awesome. Like it's a really great movie. And there's so many characters that you could the music would be incredible. I've got to go, Scott. For this question, I have to go, Scott Pilgrim. And I love Gladiator, and I want Gladiator to win this round, but Scott Pilgrim wins this question. All right, much to Eric's chagrin. Um, Eric, I'm going to give you a moment to uh, rub some salve on that, and we're going to we're going to start <laughs> with Jake on this one. Jake, Gladiator yes. or Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Okay, which movie would be better if the leading characters? Had mustaches. Uh, Gladiator. Do you, need- you suggesting Michael Sarah can't or shouldn't ever grow a mustache? Well, I don't or, know if he can, but I mean Maximus rocking a full Sam Elliott <laughs> out there. Does that work? I immediately, I mean, you're, 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 well, you're the no, history I mean, guy here. I immediately, when you said mustaches, immediately Maximus became Tom Selleck from Magnum PI, and I loved it. So, <laughs> and it worked immediately. <laughs> I'm going with my heart on this one, and I'm going Gladiator. Mustaches for Gladiator. All right. Man gets a vote. Cameron, what do you think? What movie would be better with some uh, some heavy mustache action amongst the lead roles? Right now, I'm Googling a photo of Michael Sarah mustache. <laughs> that dude cannot grow a mustache. And, and I don't think I can sit through an entire movie. In anymore. fact, there's a whole season of Arrested Development about how Michael Sarah cannot grow a mustache. Yeah, I mean... Th- it just doesn't pass the me. eyeball test. It's also the Eric Hoffman theme for Dad Bod History, but <laughs> um, I am choosing Gladiator. Okay. All right. Eric Hoffman, what do you think? Eric's going to pick Scott Pilgrim just to so what's, fight us. Say the question again. <laughs> Which movie would be better if the leading characters had mustaches? Gladiator would have been ruined with mustaches. I knew he was going to do it. I knew it. uh, You know, I want to see something that's as kind of brings me to the historical moment. A bunch of mustaches would have thrown me off. So Scott Pilgrim versus the world. um, It's kind of out there. It's odd already. If I saw a bunch of mustaches, I'd be like, well, that's weird. But so is the whole thing. So Scott Pilgrim. You are ridiculous. All right. That uh, that we're, we're through three to three. But if mustaches was the theme of a prom, no, no. <laughs> don't don't make me pull out the gay bar question. Don't do it. All right. All right, uh, Cameron, we're going to start with you on this. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, nobody on this broadcast is fluent in Spanish. So we're a little bit of a disadvantage here. But Cameron, uh, which movie title, Gladiator or Scott Pilgrim versus the World, probably sounds better when you say it in Spanish? Um, you know, I'm not going to try. I I'm very jealous of a person that could do, and I, and I'm going to put Jake on the spot. I think Jake is going to bust out an accent at a certain point in this. Um, but just knowing what I know about that language gladiator sounds like, you know, a pretty cool word. And Scott Pilgrim versus the world, I feel like is going to be, that's going to be 
10 seconds at least in duration to spit out. Um, I, I don't know all the words, but yeah, I don't know how to say verses in Spanish. Contra. World is, what's that? Contra el mundo. Contra el mundo. Ooh. A pilgrim contra el mundo. <sighs> or gladiator. Wow. Gladiator. Um, Okay, and here, you know, fun fact, before you give an answer, um, in Mexico, they don't always translate the titles correctly. So um, the movie Zombieland, we were down in on our way to Rocky Point, and we drove past the uh, the DVD store down there, and Zombieland in Mexico is called Zombies. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, see, that that's an interesting point. Um, if, if you take it, Actually, literally, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, I think, is our choice in Spanish. All right. Eric, what do you think? I'm going to agree. Contra el mundo sounds so much better than gladiador. All right. um, I'm going to stop you dead in your tracks there. Jake, you can save your accent, your required accent for the, the, the episode for a later date. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world just beat Gladiator. Wow, that's an upset. Down goes Frazier. Yeah. Can I say? Uh, can I say Scott Pilgrim might be the Kaiser role of this tournament right now? They're they're at least an early contender yeah. because they are. Yeah, they're knocking out some heavyweights. Yeah, chop down two giants. Wow, Kaiser role is the new Cinderella, isn't it? Yep, I, I'm pretty sure Kaiser role. Forrest Gump and Gladiator both won Best Picture. I know Gladiator did. I'm certain Forrest Gump did. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Wow. All right, gentlemen, moving on. Um, That was a passion of the Christ, a six seed against Toy Story. Um, Again, just an awkward matchup. There's no way to not have an awkward matchup when the passion of the Christ is involved. (laughs) Um, Jacob Brines, passion of the Christ or Toy Story. Okay. What movie does Karen prefer? Hmm. <laughs> well, if I'm Karen, I don't care for all the violence and passion of the Christ. I don't like that. So, and Toy Story has a really good message. So, I think I'm going to go with Toy Story. All right, Karen, good choice. Karen goes Toy Story. Cameron, what do you think? Yeah, if, if I'm Karen and I want to go talk to the manager about something, I am clearly offended by the amount of blood and gore in Passion mm-hmm. of the Christ. So it's it's a brainer. Um, I'm more offended by Passion of the Christ. All right, Eric, what do you think? I know you're going to go the other direction on this. I'm just wondering how. Here's how. Uh, because Karen identifies <laughs> as an oppressed victim, and she sees Jesus as a victim of the larger system, and uh, so she looks at herself as a Jesus of sorts. Well done. That was hey, there. You go. Are you just picking against me and Cameron? Up I'm not at this I was point trying to. Because <laughs> yeah, your Scott Pilgrim choice is so bad. Um, <laughs> you're just gonna go whatever we pick. You're doing the opposite at this point. I am now the I give him credit, man. This podcast that wasn't blatant. That was uh, that was actually well thought out. 
Well done. All right, Eric, we're going to start with you on this one. Um, Passion of the Christ or Toy Story? I'd really like to know their answers first. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh-huh. Which movie would inspire the better interpretive dance? The interpretive dance of the Passion of the Christ or the moving poetry in motion of Toy Story? In Toy Story, uh, Buzz Lightyear fell with style. So I think that's going to get the better interpretive dance. Toy Story. All right. Toy Story. Jacob Rines. Oh, which movie inspires better interpretive dance? Toy Story. I mean, you have you you'll have a whole song called to infinity and beyond. Uh, Woody will have Mm. a move called there's a snake in my boot. Like it's it lends itself to interpretive. Sounds like Jake has already interpreted these dances. At some point, I will neither confirm nor deny what I practice in my free time. I, I'm i going to go a different direction. I feel like what Jake just said is more of a musical type genre. You know, there's yes, that definitely lends itself to little snippets and it plays in the story. You could definitely do little cute, nice dances. But I'm looking for when I when I go interpretive dance. I want to see a commitment. I want to see a tour de force performance of epic proportion. This is like a a one-man show interpretive dance and the power and the emotion of, you know, throwing yourself on the floor amidst these, these. So you're, you're like at a community theater and the actors are just Mm -hmm. laying it all out on the stage for you right now. Right. Okay. Right. I'll buy I, I'll buy that for a dollar. And, and it's the one guy set across a scene of a high school like prom with the gladiator theme. Bunch of oh Romans, God, right? Eric, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it, that's uh, that's going to be a standing ovation for for the so one. You're going passion. It, it's going to change my life. Interpretive dance. Passion of the Christ. Yep. All right. Um, that puts Toy Story at four. Passion of the Christ at two. Mm. Um, Jake, we're going to start with you on this. Um, <laughs> Need a big round from Jesus. Okay. Toy Story is one uh, one clutch shot from the wind here. Jeez. Jake Ryan's Passion of the Christ or Toy Story? Which movie will be more popular twenty years from now? It's December right, twenty forty one. Let's weigh the let's weigh the the scales here. Which which is being streamed more straight into people's brains since that's Passion of the Christ has the advantage of being played every single Christmas and Easter from now until the end of time by all major Catholic and Protestant religions on Christmas. Yeah, I don't know. Seems... Don't don't question my methods right now. I'm oh, a little. And... Those are the Orthodox faith. I'm just later. saying. I'm just saying they have a built-in. I'm saying Passion of the Christ has a built-in audience forever. But Toy Story, that might be Bambi, and I don't know how you beat Bambi when it comes to movies. So I'm. I, I know this ends it for Passion, but I. I think Toy Story was a transformative movie um, for for animated movies, certainly. Um, but it also spawned three incredible sequels and totally changed how we view cinema in, what is it, 95? Um, 
and it, it, I think it has the cultural impact of Bambi um, that it had for me when I was a kid. So I, I'm going to go Toy Story. All right. Toy Story takes it five to two. I, I think we need to have a play in game for Jesus to get back into the bracket somehow. <laughs> oh, so he gets to be resurrected somewhere <laughs> along in this tournament. I think we need to have some, I, some kind of scenario. He can play his way to the championship game. Just saying. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> getting knocked out by Toy Story is no, it's no joke. It's no slouch. It, I, I, I just think Toy Story is an incredible film. Where, where we just I, need to consider we, it. Uh, that's all I'm saying. We just need to consider I that possibility. Is that Toy Story is something that is going to be turned on to iPods and TVs and parents are just going to let it play. Nobody watches Passion of the Christ in the background. You know, it's something yeah. you intentionally sit down to watch. Toy Story, it gets played in a car on the way to Grandma and Grandpa's house. It gets put on the TV when well, kids need to settle it, down. So it's and here's just, the thing with Toy Story, because it is animated. And, you know, as good as movie technology has gotten now, animated movies tend to be timeless um, because you've suspended disbelief already like toy story one and toy story four the the technology between the like when they show the dog in toy story one and how how jagged his edges look compared to what they're doing now with with animated movies it's like well it's so much better but you're still like yeah but toy story one was just a great movie and i think that helps it and and anytime kids watch movies they don't really care about all that other stuff they just want to watch a good story Mm -hmm. um and i think Anytime you can market to kids, it's going to do well over a longer period of time. But as I said before, Passion of the Christ has a built-in audience that's going to resonate with. But I, I, stay, I think globally, Toy Story resonates. All right. Toy Story takes it. That, uh, that sets up the Spielberg region. Uh, we've got uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World and Toy Story playing for... Uh, at a future date, playing for bragging rights at uh, in Spielberg. Uh, we move on to Martin Scorsese region, where we have uh, a number one seed of Saving Private Ryan, a juggernaut against Warrior, um, a movie that, quite honestly, most people did not see. It's a good movie. It's a little misunderstood, but it's really good. Um, Cameron, we're going to start with you. Saving Private Ryan or Warrior? Which movie is most likely to be played with the sound at a Trump rally? Played with the sound at a Trump rally. The the first thing that that popped into my head is the soundtrack and Saving Private Ryan is absolutely epic. And that's, you know, what better than you know, make America great again is that soundtrack. Um, you know, the explosions in the background, the, you know, crazy, you know, emotional scenes, warrior. Um, I don't, I don't recall having seen that movie. So I'm a little bit at a disadvantage there. Um, but you know, Trump rallies can get pretty unruly. They can get pretty out of control. You know, there might be some some drunk people showing up and slurring their words, and you know, stumbling through the crowd and making a scene. For that reason, I'm going Warrior. All right, Warrior yeah. takes the uh, first 
First bucket of the game. Eric, what do you think? Which movie is most likely to be played with the sound at a Trump rally? Um, Warrior is, is, I think, is a little too damp for a Trump rally, which has to be upbeat. I think Saving Private Ryan is a little bit tough around that. But Warrior doesn't have a soundtrack except for one song that was composed by um, Clint Eastwood. Hmm. Really? Right? Um, was it? Or no, Beethoven no. is in Warrior. That's right. Um, same thing. Um, yeah, they're, they're the they're, same. <laughs> totally six one. It's an really. easy mistake yeah. to make, Eric. <laughs> I, I I'm thinking of. Uh, I might be thinking of something else. Um, yeah, I am certainly thinking of something else. Um, but Saving Private Ryan has all of the very pro-American, you know, American soldiers. All of that. It's. I don't see how Warrior could be used in any respect to uh, be a positive influence at the Trump rally. So saving private Ryan. All right. One to one, Jake, what do you think? So, Oh, I thought Cameron picks warrior as well, or saving private Ryan as well. Um, no, Cameron no, took warrior. warrior. So the question isn't what music is playing. It's the movie, movie with the sound with the sound on. So that's interesting because Donald Trump has, uh, he's done special guest announcement, I think, at either a boxing match or an MMA fight not in the not-too-distant past. Hmm. Um, I think, I mean, Warrior has um, Tom Hardy's character. I mean, he went AWOL, but then he saved those soldiers uh, as he was going AWOL. Um, you have the MMA angle. Then you have Ode to Joy, which is one of the greatest songs ever. And then you've got all this bedlam and hoopla and like cheering and pageantry um, with each fight. And as each fight happens, it gets more and more, you know, engaging and exciting. I think he's going warrior. Um, If he wants to do a movie night, I think he's going to do a warrior movie night because that lends to his, you know, the one thing we know about Donald Trump is he loves the pageantry and he loves the spectacle and warrior is a spectacle. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's where we're going with that. All right. Warrior up two to one. Good stuff. Uh, Eric, we're going to start with you on this one. Which of these movies saving private Ryan or warrior would have been better if it was directed by Quentin Tarantino. I know that's this is a good question. I'd love to see either one of those. Did Eric well, die? Yeah, I died inside a little bit. <laughs> that question. I I I don't think Saving Private Ryan could be made any better. And Quentin Tarantino would definitely have an, have an interesting angle on it, but I it wouldn't be as impactful as it was. Well, and his angle on it arguably was Inglorious Bastards. Right. And so it's a great it, point. It gets that kind of uh, I don't know if satire satire is not the word I'm looking for, but kind of uh abstract. It literally has its own word, yeah. Tarantino-esque. Tarantino-esque is a, I mean, yeah, I, so. I think the thing about Tarantino, especially because you brought up Inglorious Bastards, and I don't mean to jump over you, Eric, is that he he removes the varnish. Yeah from saving private Ryan and not that there's a lot of varnish on saving private Ryan, but 
he removes that and says, no, here's, here's my take. Let's, let's get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. Nitty gritty, but you have these characters that are kind of caricatures sure. of a thing. So that's where Saving Private Ryan, you know, there isn't much varnish. It, there's a lot of realism and the characters are very kind of what you would expect out of 1940s Americans from all over the country. Uh, so in that respect, I think warrior, um, good movie, but I think Tarantino could make that something quite a bit more interesting, definitely more sensational. Uh, so I'd have to go with warrior on this. All right, Jake, what do you think? Warrior saving private Ryan. I, I got to agree with Eric. I don't want to triple stamp a double stamp, um, and try to make saving private Ryan into something it can't be because it, it's in my mind, it's very close to a perfect film. Um, and I think Warrior is a very good movie, but I think there's a lot more latitude for Tarantino um, to work with there. So I, I agree with Eric. I'm going, I'm going Warrior. Uh, yeah, I, I can't refute either of those. Warrior it is. All right. Warrior wins. That's um, a shocker. Warrior takes out Saving Private Ryan. Again, it's all about the questions. These, uh, these things fall funny. And it's so funny because I didn't pick Warrior because I think it's a better movie than Saving Private Ryan. Right. I absolutely think Saving Private Ryan is a much better movie, but the question lends itself to Warrior. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on. Um, Die Hard, after taking out seven. What was that, Jake? Oh, I just got excited. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, it's up against <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road, a movie that probably should not have even been good and was just a classic. It's a modern classic. It's really good. So uh, a couple good movies here. I hope everybody on this uh, podcast has seen them both. I know I have. Um, Jake, let's start with you. Which of these movies is more upsetting to Frankenstein's monster? Oh man. Uh, uh, <laughs> Nakatomi Plaza, fireworks, explosions, or Mad Max with the doof truck and which is more upsetting to not Frankenstein, so Frankenstein's monster. I think Frankenstein's monster would be way more upset by Mad Max Fury Road, because I think Frankenstein's monster could relate to those under this, under the overbearing rule of a Morton Joe. And I think he would see the doof mobile and go, that's what I escaped from, from the doctor. I don't want to be chained to a machine playing, even though I'm shredding playing guitar because a Morton Joe makes me while I chase Furiosa. I, I think he would almost get PTSD from watching that movie. And I don't think he would care for it. So uh, I got to go Mad Max. All right. More upsetting to Frankenstein's monster. We're going Fury Road. Cameron, what do you think? If, if, if I'm Frankenstein's monster, mm -hmm. I want to get out of there as, as quickly as possible. I want to be out on my own. I want to be out on the open road and you know, I need to align myself with, you know, people like me. So I think he would actually 
Mad Max would resonate with him. That's and an interesting point. The the feeling of Die Hard and, you know, why am I fighting against these random terrorists? I don't know or care about these people. So would it be more upsetting to him? Maybe not, but I just, I don't, I think he would be confused by Die Hard and as a result would become upset because why do I have to sit through this movie? So for that reason, Die Hard would make him more upset. That's my my vote. All right, one to one. Eric, what do you think? No, uh, no contrarian angle here. No, this is very tough. Um, I think Jake's explanation uh, hit it on the head. So I'm going to go with Mad Max. All right, Fury Road up two to one over Die Hard. Um, all right, Eric, we're going to start with you here. Die Hard or Mad Max Fury Road? Which of these is better subject matter for a 100-level class at a liberal arts school? A 100-level class? Yeah, just a throwaway class. You need one more. Um, you're one of these. You're a <laughs> you're an great question. At school, you've got to design a class around either Die Hard or Fury Road. What's it going to be? So if it's a 100-level class, it's going to be fairly basic. And I assume this might be a class in the film or the arts or something. It's not a science liberal class. liberal arts, yeah. That's yeah. worthless. I think I would run out of material after three weeks if it was Die Hard. So if I need a full semester class, it's a Mad Max Fury Road. All right, Jake, what do you think? So this is interesting because when I was in college, I took a history and film class. Um, and it was for my J term, my winter term, um, which was a three or four week class in between fall and spring semester. And the history and film class was about the Vietnam War. And so we watched movies pertaining to that, the Green Berets, Full Metal Jacket, um, Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now. Those, now. Yeah, those sort of movies. And, uh, and so I think based on that, I don't think it would just okay. So can I can I expand the question a little bit, Jeff? Sure. To the Die Hard series versus the Mad Max series. Yeah, oh. that's uh, that makes perfect sense. Go ahead. Hmm. So I, I, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing because I think the answer is still going to be Mad Max, but I think there's a lot more to mine there with Mad Max than there is with um, the Die Hard series. Um, although as the Die Hard series wears on, it gets a little bit more out there and it's, it's kind of a one trick pony i mean mm -hmm. the, the first yeah. one was really good and then it was a steady diminishing returns but then you got die hard decline is it die hard with a vengeance with samuel L. jackson the third was, one was really mm -hmm. good which was incredible mm -hmm. um so but again i'm leaning back to i saw a couple of weird movies in that winter in class with apocalypse now and um full metal jacket and i think Mad Max would lend itself to that type of class. So I'm going Mad Max. Cameron, what do you think? Can you make a class out of, uh, out of Die Hard or. Hey, I don't think you can make a class out of Die Hard. It's, it's too, you know, those themes are, it's a predictable movie. There's not a lot there. Um, it's a very simple, you know, part of Bruce Willis's character. The appeal there is, you know, he's, he's a simple everyday mm -hmm. guy. He's a cop, mm -hmm. you know, what there's nothing complicated about that movie. So 
I want to make sure I'm answering correctly here. Question again, Jeff, is what? Which is better subject matter for a 100-level class at a liberal arts school? I don't think you could get enough out of Die Hard. And that's, it's a school you went to just to piss off your dad. Just throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> there I, uh, I went to a very one of the finest institutions on the West coast. Um, oh, school called Concordia Irvine, not to be confused with, uh, some of the other, uh, pretenders. The, so, yeah, Concordia I mean, in Wisconsin. Yeah. The, um, no, I, I think that I would have to choose Mad Max in order to get enough, uh, enough, uh, storyline to even have a class. All right. Eric's already got it filled in. Mad Max moves on, taking out diehard uh, John McClane. All right, that gets us into the Quentin Tarantino region where uh, Predator took out Top Gun for a date with Anchorman. On pretty, Burgundy? <laughs> pretty different movies. Um, Assemble I, I, the I, news I, team. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had another question lined up for that last matchup that isn't quite as good for this one. So, um, let's go with, uh, which movie would you rather watch Cameron 20 times in a row anchorman or predator anchorman. And it's not close. Anchorman is, hilarious it's quotable you can have it on in the background when you go get a snack you can kind of talk over it and then in the in a lull in the conversation oh hang on hang on i want to see this part uh anchorman 100 eric what do you think anchorman and if for nothing else for paul rudd <laughs> that's your favorite Fantana. character right? <laughs> so great the bry man <laughs> Jacob, what do you think? Uh, no argument. It's Anchorman. All right. Wow. That, uh, that went quicker than I thought it would. Hey, sometimes these one seeds come out swinging. Yeah. Yeah, they just hit five threes in a row to open the game. All right. Um, Jacob. Yep. Which of these movie titles would make a better name for a sushi roll? Oh, thank God. The Anchorman? Gay bar again. <laughs> <laughs> Or the predator. <laughs> All right. So the predator's probably got wasabi. So let's focus on that first. Um, maybe a spicy tuna. No, it's got to be. All right. So it's a, it's eel. It's an eel yes. wrapped yeah. in. And it's got wasabi with it. So that's the predator. The anchor man. Probably got bat. The chicken of the cave. I mean, I know I'm talking Anchorman too, but yeah, yeah, probably the, got some, it's probably got some sex panther sprinkled on it. <laughs> the Anchorman definitely has sex panther, so it's pungent. Mm. It smells like a smells like a gasoline. But well, then I'm going to eat the predator because I don't want gasoline. So yeah, the predator is a better sushi roll. Yeah, predator Cameron, what do you think? What's the better name of a sushi roll? Predator, yeah, I'm Anchorman. I'm with Jake. You know, it's definitely got some eel in it. Definitely some wasabi on the predator. Um, you know, that's that's when you're feeling dangerous. You're going to order mm, the predator exactly. roll. Exactly. 
Um, you know, if you're trying to impress your uh, special lady, you know, you're you're going to order the Predator. That's a like that's if you a, want a little jazz flute, then you're going to get the Anchorman. But right. otherwise, you're going Predator. I think and it's then, pronounced Yaz flute. Yaz flute. Yeah, he dabbles. The soft J. Um, yeah, and and Anchorman. What keeps going through my head is um, on the hot day, he has some milk and was a bad choice and there's got to be some kind of dairy in the anchorman sushi roll and that just doesn't go well with anything honestly well and, and the anchorman sushi roll is delicious but filling like yeah it sticks to your ribs it's not yeah. gonna yeah it's gonna stick to your ribs uh, and it's it, mostly burrito let's be honest <laughs> yeah and on a date you know i gotta gotta keep it light gotta you know it, you, you don't want to overeat predator hands down eric what do you think I can't imagine eating something that's named for a person. So predator. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. Three quick ones. Um, all right. Um, Cameron, let's start with you. Are we three to three right now? We are. We're all tied up. Wow. Um, I'm thinking uh, in terms of a theme from the movie, which, which theme makes for the best ride at SeaWorld? Anchorman themed ride or Predator themed ride at SeaWorld? Little little Shamu in the background, some uh, some fair trade dolphins that were rescued from some horrible fate, and they're there because they want to be there. They like it. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Um. So it's a ride at it's a ride at SeaWorld. Yeah. Okay. And it's either the Anchorman ride or the Predator ride. You know, you going with? It's been a long time probably been since i was a kid when i went to sea world um it does happen to be in san diego which is where uh anchorman takes place and every san diegan i know is a very laid back easy going you know hey man everything's okay type person uh-huh. and yeah i Predator Predator is something that you go to Six Flags Mag- Magic Mountain, you know, and it's a big, fast, scary roller coaster. But Anchorman is is something that you can take the kids on and, you know, they're going to have a great time. You can snap a photo before because it's, you know, it's not going to jerk you around very much. Anchorman is the clear choice. All right, Anchorman. Eric, what do you think? You want to go is on it, Anchorman There's going to be part the- of this ride where there's a news team fight that you get to witness, right? Hmm. There has to be. Otherwise, that would be a great just, wrinkle. So, again, you make a Sea World is not there for the thrills; it's there for the chills, right? <laughs> like to cool off and like just be chill. And so, I think Anchorman fits the theme. Again, you said San Diego, so um, yeah, it's going to be Anchorman. I want to. I want to see a Predator ride. I just don't see how it fits into Sea World. Unless it's the predators murdering dolphins, and <laughs> I think they're trying to get away from that image. The whole so <laughs> it's bad branding. So probably not the right choice. So Anchorman. All right, Anchorman takes it four to three. Um, all right, that's our first matchup in the Tarantino region. Our second one, we had Rocky Four, fresh off of a victory over Mean Girls. Um, I was going to look up the score. It was uh, it was. 
It was five to three, and then it got a bonus. It got six to three. So anyhow, Rocky Four now takes on a controversial number two seed in Avatar. Um, Eric, I'm going to set the scene here. It's uh, it's one thirty at the assisted living home, and it's time <laughs> to put on a movie. And you're the director at the assisted living home. Everyone's all hopped up on boiled fish and prune juice. Uh, what movie are you going to put on? Rocky Four or Avatar? Um, since I'm guessing that half of the men in this room fought communists at some point, Rocky four is going to be the better choice. Avatar is just going to confuse and upset a lot of them. So I, it's Rocky four, just so I can keep my job. Okay. Rocky four, Jake, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go against type here. I, I think avatar, cause I think it's more of a background movie. So I think you can put it on and, and. You Their know, wheelchairs are all locked. They're, no one's going anywhere. They've yeah. got to watch it. Oh, they have to? They're, yeah, they're, they're like chained in. The, I think the doors are even locked. They can't go anywhere. It's, no, have you, you ever know, been in an assisted living facility? Still, I, I think when, when I think it's going to be almost, if the meds are good, Avatar is going to be almost hallucinogenic. Oh, if the meds are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going Avatar. I, I think <laughs> once they see unobtainium floating through the sky, they're going to be like, oh, what's going on? Like, they're going to. They're going to have flashbacks to, to yeah, which one's times. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Okay. All right, Cameron, what do you think? You're going to show him avatar. Or are you going to show him Rocky four? Uh, um, you know, in, in the nursing home, I, they are looking for things that they can relate to things that they can grab on to. And, you know, boxing, you're going to lose a tooth or, or two here or there. And, you know, they, they can understand, you know, if they want to act it out later, if they want to, you know, they're going to really feel that when the tooth flies out that, Oh, there goes my dentures. So, um, yeah, I think Rocky four is a hands down choice here. Rocky four. All right. Rocky uh, takes that two to one in a, in a sneaker. All right. Um, camera, let's start with you on this one. Director's cuts are very popular and they tend to stuff a lot more into the movie than maybe it ever needed. Which one of these movies would be better with an extra 60 minutes of director chosen footage shoved into it for the director's cut? You going with Rocky four with an extra 60 minutes of God knows what or avatar movie. That's arguably too long already. What do you think? I, I cannot envision a universe in which I sit still for 60 minutes after watching avatar to be bombarded with, you know, the green screen stuff and how they said, I, I don't even know. Well, what it's not that it it's not that hang on. This is a director's cut. This has been, there's been a little extra added at minute 22 and there's in this whole scene between Sigourney Weaver and a monkey that she found and that, that got cut for time. It was magic, but we had to take it out. We had to. <laughs> So it's, it's not a uh, behind the scenes. It's more movie. And like in Rocky, like Rocky goes to a library to try to figure out what the word communism means. Like it could be all kinds of stuff. You know, what, what's going through my head is, is Rocky <laughs> on location. You know, it, it might disappoint me a little bit that they did not actually film Ivan Drago in Moscow in the, you know, upper level state of the art lab. Um, but I think it'd be interesting, you know, maybe they, 
created a, a place in Woodland Hills, California, where they could film this. You know, I, I want to see the the practical side of Rocky Four behind all the emotions running high. I want to climb inside the director's mind and say, here's how we actually pulled off this masterpiece. I don't think you're really grasping the concept here. You keep going back to how we made the movie. This is an extra 60 minutes of okay. the movie. Extra scenes. Okay. Like, you know what? I'll tell you, we're, we're going to move over. Right. We're going to give you some time to process this. Eric, okay. what do you think here? Oh, I definitely want to see the extra 60 minutes, including Ivan Drago being brought up in a Russian boxing camp taken from his mm. home at an early age because his parents were dissenters and uh, being brought to the lab and worked on and made into a boxing machine. Did you recently uh, watch Black Widow? Because that's basically <laughs> what you're describing. So, <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Basically going to the red room and being turned into a boxer. That's, that's uh, fine. Yeah, I, I'd like to see it more so than Avatar because Avatar, I don't know what else. Just It's more of just... Just let me play the video game already of Avatar. I don't want to sit through mm. 60 more minutes of that. So Rocky Four. All right. Eric takes Rocky Four. Jake, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go Avatar again. And uh, it's actually because I don't know if 60 minutes would make Rocky Four better. I think Rocky Four, as it is, is, again, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's pretty so good. I don't, it's probably bloated with another 60. Yeah, I, I don't know how 60 more minutes is going to make that a better movie because they told a really good story in the in the movie that they produced. Whereas with Avatar, which was incredible, visually, I thought the story was lacking. Um, the reason that the the humans were there, I mean, they, they told you that, but they didn't like explain why it was necessary and all this stuff. And the reason I think 60 more minutes could be beneficial to that movie specifically is in large part because of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Because I watched the first Justice League and I'm like, well, this is terrible. Yeah. And then Zack Snyder said, well, why don't you watch four hours of this Justice League? And I said, okay. And it was amazing. And so I think because of Zack Snyder's Justice League and him basically doubling the time of that movie and making it so much better, I think you could do the same thing with Avatar. And Avatar was a good movie, but I think you could take and add more time to that and make it an even better movie. So that I'm going Avatar. All right. Cameron, what do you think? Would I rather watch 60 extra minutes of Rocky Four or 60 extra minutes of Avatar sure. Rocky Four, hands down? All right, we got Rocky has four, Avatar has two. We are going to need a third question here. Um, Jake, we're going to start with you on this one. Okay. Rocky four or Avatar, which one inspires the better Weird Al Yankovic song? Hmm. Oh, man. Like a Russian... <laughs> okay and then uh, what do we have for avatar Arched for the very first, first time, time. <laughs> like a rush this is a uh, bonus i never expected you to actually write one this is beautiful yeah. well it helps me answer the question if i can make, set it to music um i can't 
remember any music in Avatar. And I feel like Rocky Four has some great music. The training montage music's incredible. Mm-hmm. And then the fight music. And then obviously you have Living in America before the Apollo Creed fight, which we've already discussed in a previous episode, the James Brown Bible. Um Oh. I feel like I feel like Weird Al could do better with Rocky Four than he could do with Avatar. And I'm not saying he, I mean he's a genius. He could do anything with any movie, but I, I feel like there's more there with uh with Weird Al for Rocky Four. All right. That's it. No need to uh carry on. Rocky takes it five to two over Avatar. They called it early. So uh, is that our last one in the Tarantino? It is. It is. All right. Mm-hmm. Our last two matchups in the James Cameron region. <clears throat> I'm American Sniper, fresh off a uh, squeaker against Return of the King, which really bothered Eric, uh, is up against Avengers Endgame, a strong, solid. This um, has to be the number one of the one seats, right? This yeah, has it's to gotta be, be the number one overall. The overall. Yeah. Yeah, it's big. Um all right. Um Cameron. Which movie needs more cowbell? <laughs> Endgame or American Sniper? <laughs> um which of those movies needs more cowbell? Um you know if if you're trying to sneak up on bad guys um and and you're hidden in a fourth story apartment building trying to stay out of sight trying to save lives a cowbell is not something that you need i i don't see that helping our cause i mean maybe maybe you know he's a he's a texas farm boy in the beginning and we're getting used to that but avengers endgame with a little cowbell just throughout just a little bit in the background livening it up a little bit yeah i i think uh end game all right little cowbell for end game eric what do you think so uh i'm gonna call back to someone uh this would be perfect for paul rudd to use a cowbell uh, in end game he uses his uh to find the van he uses the keys to uh you know Click on the van, it honks its horn. Perfect cowbell moment. Mm. Um, so, end game. Jacob, what do you got? I'm going to be contrarian here. I'm going to say American Sniper. Um, the song that the skit for SNL is from is regarding the song The Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Don't Fear the Reaper. And I think that song hmm. with the cowbell okay would be very very applicable to the movie american sniper um i think we like to add more cowbell because of the christopher walken skit with snl and will ferrell but the song itself with the actual cowbell definitely fits an american sniper um as far as the soundtrack goes so let me add something i i misspoke earlier i when we were talking about warrior it was american sniper um, in which uh, Clint Eastwood 
composed. There's no music in the film at all, except for a song um, that uh, Ennio Mor uh, played at the end, The Funeral by Ennio Morricone. Ennio Morricone, who composed music for a bunch of Clint Eastwood's westerns. Did he the record day. them for uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly? Yeah. Spaghetti Western, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just... Throwing right. that in there. It would right, be Eric, jarring to have music there, is all I'm saying. Let's start with you on this one. Avengers Endgame or American Sniper? Which movie would win a staring contest? American Sniper. Boom. Jacob? This is interesting because this is the question that Cincinnati's defeated the Kaiser roll on uh, in Ides of March Madness. <laughs> I did not remember that. That's nice. Um, well, I haven't seen American Sniper, and I keep saying that, but snipers are known for patience, not blinking. Um, so who is... What's the character's name in American Sniper? Chris Kyle. 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 So who is he going against? Is he just going against all of the Avengers or is he? The Avengers against, assembled. Is he going against Thanos because. Or is he going against Robert Downey Jr. before the snap? Like. It's the Avengers assembled outside the portals. Who blinks first? If it's the Avengers assembled. Daredevil blinks first. Daredevil blinks <laughs> first. That's awful. Um, <laughs> if it's the Avengers assembled, it's Robert Downey Jr. He wins. I know Chris Kyle is an American hero, but Robert Downey Jr. saved the universe. All right, Tony so, Stark. Cameron, what do you think? Who wins the steering contest? Avengers Endgame or American Sniper? I, this isn't going to influence my answer, but I have to know. When, when I think staring contest, I think of not blinking as opposed to not laughing. Is that, is that kind of, you guys kind of with me? There? Well, that's a, no, that's a good distinction to bring up. That's my all, that, that's my understanding of the of the competition. It, are we not but, blinking or are we not smiling? I well, I, I guess everybody's background is different. For me, it's not blinking. Okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm leaning toward. Um yeah, I mean, great as Chris Kyle is, he's up against a bunch of superheroes that are literally saving the world. Um I, I don't see Chris Kyle winning that. So Avengers Endgame. All right. Endgame four, American Sniper two. We're going to need another question. We're going to start with Cameron Lehman. The question, Cameron, is which movie, Avengers Endgame or American Sniper, would Chuck Norris prefer in the background while he kicks wholesale ass? What was that question? Which movie would Chuck Norris prefer in the background while he kicks wholesale ass? Oh, I don't know this podcast policy for the word ass, so I may be a little out of bounds here, but that's the question. Uh, Cameron already I, said it earlier tonight. We're yeah, beautiful. yeah. I'll, All right. I'll sprinkle in the occasional badass in my uh, 
answers. So, okay. So I, I, back when I was teaching, I had a couple of students that were very fond of Chuck Norris. They got me a Chuck Norris t-shirt. They got a, they got me a Chuck Norris coffee mug. And, you know, the, the great thing about Chuck Norris is he just, he's emotionless throughout all of these supposed challenges. You know, when he's doing um, world downs as opposed to push-ups, he's not smiling. He's not blinking. He's not doing anything but just focused intensity. And, you know, when I think of that, I mean, I think of Thanos and he is the ultimate scary bad guy who's untouchable. I'm going, uh, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm getting this right. So Chuck Norris would want to watch this as he's kicking ass. It's just, it's going on in the background. And he's taking care of business. He's not paying attention to the movie, but it's in the background on a huge sheet. Yeah. Well, he beats up terrorists, dirty, stinky terrorists. He he wants Thanos in the background as he's beaten up. His eyes of the Ranger playing from Texas Walker, Texas Ranger. Is that song playing? It, I I'm agnostic as to the uh, the audio. So sure. Yeah. All right. All right, there we go. That ends it. End game five to two over American Sniper. Um, all right, our last matchup of the broadcast: The Empire Strikes Back versus number two seed Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Um, two great movies. I've got a lot of love for both of these. Uh, Jacob, let's start with you. All right, if you were ten years old. Which of these movies would be on your list to Santa? Empire or Spider-Verse? Spider-Verse. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Spider-Verse. I I mean, it's it's animated. Um, Miles Morales is eminently relatable. Uh, So is Gwen Stacy. So is friggin' John Mulaney's Spider-Pig. And Nick Cage is... uh, Was he Spider-Noir? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think as a 10-year-old, I would I would relate far more to the stories of Into the Spider-Verse than I would uh, Empire. Gotcha. Cameron, what do you think? Agreed. 10-year-old me is going to be way more into Spider-Man than, than Star Wars. Often, what do you got? It's a little bit tricky because I was not into comics, comic book stories until much later in life. So I remember my my dad showing me Star Wars early on, probably before I was 10. And uh, it was interesting. And I think if at 10 years old, somebody said, which of these do you want to watch? I probably would have leaned into The Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. Um, although I will say Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, I enjoyed much more so. And my kids loved it. But I would have to say uh, The Empire Strikes Back for myself. All right, Eric goes Empire. Um, Cameron, we're going to start with you on this one. Empire Strikes Back or Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Which will be more missed after it is banned by the social justice warriors? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Okay, so 
so we're saying that these are both going to be not if, but they're both going to be canceled. And which it's one's clearly it's clearly inevitable. So okay. <laughs> which one is going to be more missed when it's canceled? Um. Yeah, I mean, people from all generations for you know ever since empire strikes back it just has more history you know it's going to be missed by more people and more generations for a longer time um than spider-man it's it, spider-man's a great movie um i i think the 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 rankings here are, are a little off empire strikes back is just better movie is the best way of answering that question Gotcha. All right. Empire will be missed the most. Eric, which one will be more missed after it's banned by social justice warriors? Empire Strikes Back or Spider-Verse? So while I agree with Cameron that more people have seen the Empire Strikes Back and it has impacted more people, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse did something a little bit different. And here's where I think it might have a bit of an edge. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was purposefully, and this is something that the comic had kind of done, uh, trying to relate itself to more groups demographically. So Miles Morales as um, an African-American superhero, uh, Gwen Stacy as a female character, um, it just lent itself to more people in that respect. and while a lot of people still enjoy The Empire Strikes Back, I think there's more newer people that would be missing the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because it has had a huge impact in the comic book world and the and the kind of the, the comic film world over the past few years. So I'd have to say Spider-Man. Spider-Verse it is. Jake, what do you think? It's an interesting question because both The Empire Strikes Back and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, in my opinion, are the best of their class. I think Empire is the best Star Wars movie, and I think Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie. But I think without The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars falls apart as a franchise. Because Return of the Jedi is good, but it's not nearly as good. And then the prequels and the sequels we know are largely dumpster fires. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is incredible. But you've got three really good Tom Holland Spider-Man movies right now. You've got at least two good Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies and one good Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. Um, So I, I think if you lose Empire... You lose the whole series. It's, it's got the most this, pivotal moment of the entire yeah, thing. And, and frankly, Darth Vader is one of the greatest villains of all time. And so often we forget that the villains are the ones that make the movies. Yeah. Who's the villain in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Robert De Niro. But I don't actually know the character's name. Like, that's the, the whole thing is I think Empire is just a far more pivotal movie in the franchise than Spider-Verse is. And I think they're both incredible, but you lose Empire, you lose Star Wars. All right, well said. So we are tied up three to three. 
Last question of our last matchup. Um, Jake, we're going to start with you on this one. Okay. Uh, this is a deliberately difficult question, but let's see how this <laughs> goes. Um, Empire Strikes Back or Spider-Verse? Which has the best Halloween costume fodder? Ooh. Well, that's a great question because with, with Spider-Man, you have... You've got a Gwen Stacy, you've got Spider-Pig, you've got Noir Spider-Man, you've got obviously Miles Morales, then you've got the the OG Chris Pine and Jake Johnson Spider-Man. Um, it's been a couple of years. I think there's a Doc Ock in there somewhere. Um, and then you've got uh, Miles Morales' uncle, and his character's awesome too. Prowler. Prowler, yeah. Um but then on the other hand, you've got Star Wars, you've got Darth, you've got Luke, Leia, Han, Boba Gen- Fett, Storm Boba Fett Jenny, generic Stormtrooper, the Emperor. So if you go to a Spider-Man Halloween party, you're going to have a bunch of different Spider-Man. You go to a Star Wars Halloween party, you're going to have a bunch of different characters. So the diversity in costume lends me to think Star Wars. You got Yoda, right? He's an empire, yeah. correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think the diversity in character, the diversity in costume would be better with Star Wars. All right, Jake's going empire. I'm sorry, did I cut you off there? No, you're good. All right, Cameron, what do you got? Yeah, I, I'm i not nearly the fan of... Uh, comic books and Spider-Man or uh, Star Wars that you guys are. So, you know, as, as the casual fan of both of these, you know, if, if I look at somebody wearing a a costume from Star Wars, that's going to be more recognizable than Spider-Man costumes. I mean, I can look at characters. I've got them up on Google right now and there are, 15 characters from Star Wars Empire Strike Back that I would recognize and Spider-Man fewer. I mean, a lot fewer. Um, maybe that's not the best way to judge it at the end of the day. Cause it's, you know, they're, they're very mm-hmm. different and they're apples to oranges for sure. But um, Star Wars is just iconic with, with all the, the costumes. Gotcha. All right. Um, Empire wins. Eric, did you have anything to throw into that discussion? It's funny because uh, we have done a Spider-Man Halloween where my daughter went as Gwen Stacy from Spider-Verse. My son went as Spider-Man and my other son went as Spider-Pig. So it was it was fun. (laughs) But they've also done Stormtroopers and Boba Fett and, you know, all the different Star Wars characters as well. So both, I think um do great with the costumes but i do think star wars you can if you say you're going to a star wars themed party uh you can pick something and you're not just going to end up in a room with a bunch of spider-mans all pointing at each other you're going to end up (laughs) perfect you know with you know like okay so maybe there's one more mandalorian here but um it's more likely that you're going to get a good spread of different characters good point good point Gotcha. All right. That wraps up the uh, James Cameron region and uh, and this broadcast for uh, I mean, this was a this is a bender. Eric, how long are we here? Two and a half hours. 
We're we're approaching three very quickly. Jeez. <laughs> right. These might well, stretch into four records. episodes. That's okay. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, we'll we'll break out. We can break it down next time into something a little bit shorter. So, all right, Eric, shut us down here. Oh, you want me to shut us down? Sure. Just click the end button. We're done. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean this is Dad about history. Our first uh, first couple of rounds of our first four regions in our movie wars uh do we have a title for this one jake what was it going to be i thought it was just new a new bracket movie for movie, movie wars, wars a new, four a new bracket a new yeah. bracket <laughs> i love the theme love it hey cameron so, it's good to see you again man yes good to have you back yeah welcome great back. to be back guys and uh we will uh yeah uh thanks for joining us and next time we're going to be on the other half of the bracket and we will see how it all pans out as we get to the end of our uh, movie wars. So thanks for joining us, Jeff, Jake, Cameron. Awesome to have you all back and uh, we'll see y'all next time. All right. See you. Thanks Good night, guys. everybody.